I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Ready to roll? Ready. Rolling. Never. All right. Hello there. Welcome to Roast Mortem, a show that's never truly ready to go. My name is Tom. Howdy. Dude, I'm ready as hell. I've always been ready. I'm Travis. My name is Ready Travis. Hi. I am too ready. I am your Cody for this evening. And I'm Mike. There Mike always are. ready as well. Always yes. ready. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except that's the reason why we're not ready. What do you mean? <laughs> this show screams all the time. It's ready all day. Wow. Well, thanks for doing that. <laughs> I was up at 6 a.m. waiting I to was, come. Yeah. Why were you Mike late? Mike was ready all day, just busy. 20 minutes away. Mike got busy. He was building was, an Ikea. He was still ready. Busy eating. He uh, was making garbage. an Ikea like Travis. <laughs> Dude, I have so yeah. many Ikeas right now. I got around all like filled with boxes around me from Ikea. Got the meatballs? Yeah, you just moved into a new place. How is it going over there? I did. I moved. Oh, wait, Tom, are you asking me, Mm-mm. Travis Lee, how's my week? No, it's far more specific. How is your new abode? Oh, no, 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 no. Tom, it's how is your oh, week? Okay. That's how you do it. It's how is your week? Sure. And lucky for you, Tom, because my week, the majority of my week, I can't talk about because it's behind a paywall right now. You have to become a Patreon to hear about oh. my week. Oh, really? Because it has to do you with this slut. episode. How much does it cost? You fucking so, slut. Tom, a double bonus. You like money. There you go. I like money. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Big fan of that shit. It can turn into beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I can't talk about my week besides also the fact that I did a sleep test, which was weird. And I told uh, I told uh, the guy who was like my tech about the show before I went under. He was like our age, and then he listened to our latest ep, like Lustig, while I was while he was watching me sleep. Oh god, which I thought was very weird. <laughs> yeah, that is so strange. Yeah, um, but how was everyone else's week? Pretty good. I am fucking irate. I was talking to Tom earlier before the show. We uh, we, we are just men. That love throwing money away on Uber Eats mm-hmm. and uh, and and delivery and assorted and I and I got fucking Pizza Hut last night and they they they're just assholes. Why? <laughs> like they're they fuck up your Hawaiian pizza. They they fucked up my pizza that I ordered in Hawaii. It wasn't a fucking Hawaiian pizza. Uh. Even the guy that was born in Hawaii thinks Hawaiian pizza is fucking gross. Fuck that shit. Anyway, but <laughs> like they have a they they have a they have a special instructions category. Okay. And, I, and and they only give you 28 fucking characters to write whatever the fuck you want. 28 characters is like, ah, uh, just like an ant dick. Like, and the spaces count towards your limit. Like, well, what's what your special instructions, Cody? What are you for writing? 28? I, I wanted extra sauce and re- uh, hot red pepper flakes to go in before the oven. And literally, like, that took me like... 45 minutes to condense it down to 28 fucking alphanumerics. You know what I mean? Just like really getting like I'm saying uh, before oven with like the literal like B and the letter f- the number four, you know, trying to sh- shave off all the character limits. Wow. I finally get it in there and then I, I, I send it and they just don't do it. They just, <laughs> just don't fucking 
read their special instructions field and it's just a big old middle finger and I'm a hot spicy boy this episode because someone fucked my pizza up. See Cody, I thought your special instructions were going to be instead of it being like the traditional big sausage pizza where the hole is in the middle and the penis comes out that you wanted a very long penis in the stuffed crust going around. (laughs) I did get stuffed crust. Let's Uh, get stuffed crust. Mm, stuffed crust. All Mike, right. Well, it's good to Mike, know. Mike, how that, about that's, you? Co- yeah. Cody's week is uh, pretty well summed up. Fuck in Pizza Hut. Hawaii's prime pizza location is a Pizza Hut. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> Travis said, Mike, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Happy to be here. Oh, Jesus. It's uh, I had a great show, week, man. but I don't know. That was, fucking, that was a good week. <laughs> it was hot this week. It was very hot. It was, it was very sweaty this week. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we're all sweaty men this week. Yeah, it was. I, man, sun is very hot. Sure am. There's Mike with the word of science. Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson, yeah. Mo- move over. Sun is hot. Mike Sun's is coming hot. for you. And uh, wear sunscreen. I, sh- I got a really bad sun- uh, sunburn on my neck. Yeah. What, 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 what FPS are in you? In my Mike? legs. Oh, I don't even know. I just burned. F- but FPS. I guess like 60 I'd probably put on. Yeah, frames per second. <laughs> SPF. Yeah. yeah, put on them frames per second so you didn't get fucked by the sun. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to lag. Yeah, no lagging, please. Mm. Yeah. So I had a good no week. latency, motherfuckers. I can't go play it. Sunburn? Is sunburn and being cooked alive is a good week for you? I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. So oh, look at I, that. Okay. I, I'm going to try to be mean and just move on to the episode. Tom, I don't even care about your week. Great. That's probably about as much as I care about it. <laughs> so let's go. You know he likes it when you don't care. What? No. That, uh, come on. You're supposed to get more angry. I can't. I can't get angry. I'm actually really relieved we're not getting into my week. Oh boy! Now we need to know what the hell you got. Another well, cliffhanger whoa. right there, Tom. It's not a cliffhanger oh, because yeah. here, here's the old exclamation point, Travis. Who's on the chopping block? All right, Tom, mystery man. Wow, he's one All of those right. mystery boys. Yeah, Tom found out how flammable Pomeranians are this week. Let's just go with that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Definitely. Oh. I knew, but uh, I didn't know how much. So tonight, we're doing the closest thing to a classic roast. So, you know, when you, oh. you see a roast of someone, you're, they're not talking about, oh, you're a pedophile. You're the most despicable person in the world. I mean, I haven't, I haven't like, seen one in a while. They could have changed, to be honest, given yeah, what Hollywood's I mean, been up to. Usually in a roast, like the person sitting in a room, like eating a, like a chicken leg or something and like... Everyone's like, ha, ah, you're William Shatner. You can't act, but it's funny. Yeah. And you have to take this. Like an endearing for the next 90. roast. It's an endearing roast, which is not really the point of our show, I guess, but it doesn't, yeah. doesn't really matter. There's, I have found that there is no point to this show. Um, we write no. a script and then we do whatever we please come roll time. Dude, that's because we're the masters, yeah. masters of our own yeah. fucking ship, bruh. Yeah. So are you going to be roasting Joel McHale? From the soups, I wish, I wish, but he's. Oh, I know I want for Joel soup? McHale to die. Yeah. I like Joel McHale, but uh, we <laughs> are roasting great. Louis Armstrong. Ooh, Louis he went to the moon. Yeah, Louis Legs Buff. Yeah, went to the Armstrong yeah. moon, and then he also did bicycle races. Dude, those lost are that the, one testicle. Yeah, those oh, really? are the wrong arms. That's Lance Armstrong. Ah, yes. uh, uh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Last no, Louis no Armstrong. Way. Louis Armstrong's a trumpet boy, Mike. He's the one that goes. Oh, 
And he's like, ain't that a wonderful world? That guy, what do you he doesn't Travis, know how is that guy a bad guy? <laughs> well, as I was saying, he's not really a bad guy, but he is. All right, so here's another thing, Tom. Here's your chance. I know you've always wanted to roast me. I feel like Louie is a lot like me. <laughs> In the fact that he loved to eat a lot of food. Okay. He liked to party okay. really hard. Oh, look at and that. He got along with most people, but he was also a really weird dude and had some fucking strange quirks about him. All right. Um, <laughs> don't 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 say don't say don't ask the burning question. Oh, okay. I'll I'll hold off. Well, Travis, I am so glad that you have found your uh, demeanor's doppelganger within a man who played yeah. trumpet for a living. Yeah. Well, I play trumpet too. Out of my brown ass. Well, you play hose. <laughs> yeah, the hose. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this guy and why we should like him so much? All right. So we're gonna and jump continue into it. with this yeah. farce. <laughs> don't don't be like I'm turning this off. This is a really nice guy. Boring, because along Louis's wild life, we're gonna go through whorehouses. Okay, the birth of jazz, shy town hmm. mobsters, Hollywood, the Harlem Renaissance, and we get a chance to touch on some real big weenies. And we love weenies on this show. Mm-hmm. Big ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued. And too. also, as I mentioned, he's a quirky dude. I got some weird fucking skeletons in my jalopy. And he's got some as well. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to, I'm going to expose his not so secret um, obsession later on the episode. All right. So, okay. What do we all, what do we gather so far? That this guy's a real creep, just like Travis. (laughs) He's in the mob. He probably likes to get beaten by late, like short women with chairs or something. Because that's what (laughs) Travis likes. Was latex invented back then? He uh, Travis okay. just gets off. You, you throw a slap of ham on a desk, and he snorts it up after chopping it up with a credit card. So let's hope Louis yeah. Armstrong doesn't get that bad. <laughs> That's real tender ham if you can cut it with a credit card. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. Travis does have a lot of forearm strength. Also got a lot of nostril strength. Big nostril. I get that ham up yeah, there. there yeah. you go. So, of course, um, we're talking about a nice guy and yeah. uh, the elephant in the room here. Let's try to not get canceled. Um, I want to say that's that, on you, motherfucker. Well, no, I'm just saying I'm going to be using this is the setting is the South with Jim Crow laws, and I'm going to be using uh, quotes that go through the decathlon of fucking racist black slurs. So take it out on me. I'm using it in a historical context. I feel like you shouldn't try to sugarcoat history and rewrite history when you're quoting no. someone. So Tom and I were just talking about this before the show. Look at that. Yeah, but it had to well, do yeah. with Pokemon. <laughs> in particular, the, no, the character Jinx. Yeah. Jinx. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So, I mean, trust me. I mean, I'm a white dude. Like, it's hard for me to say these words. But, you know. What's I'm so hard about it? They're just words. It's a quote. I know it's just words, but at the same time. I, like, know. Well, I know. I know what you mean. Tom and I have yeah. dropped the N-bomb this, uh, on this ep- podcast. Educationally. Yeah, well, he- All right, let's continue Here's- before we really yeah. get into yeah, the right. well of the things that we've no. said. Yes. Okay. Dig hole deeper. Yeah. So Louis Armstrong was born August 4th, 1901 in New Orleans. Nolens. Mm. Okay. If you asked him, he Nolens. said that his birthday was July 4th, 1900. Oh, cool. Uh, it wasn't until 19, the 1980s when researchers found his baptism papers 
and it said that he was actually born like a year later. Oh, okay. Still born on the 4th of July. That's pretty cool. So, Louis's parents were 16-year-old Mary Albert and Willie Armstrong. Willie fucked off early on in Louis's life, leaving his mother, Mary Albert, or as she was known, my or May Ann, to raise Louis and his little sister, Beatrix, a.k.a. Mama Lucy Armstrong. Okay. There's a There's lot enough. of there's a lot of nicknames in this this uh episode. I noticed. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Louis's got his own. You may have known Louis Armstrong as uh Satchmo. Satchmo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We're gonna learn why he's called Satchmo. Okay. So <laughs> yes, please. Say if you could be like if say if like being born was like doing a CeeLo role, right? Yeah. You know, throw those hot dice down, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh if you were to deter, and, and those dice could tell you where, if, where, when, and your skin tone, right? Bam, throwing it down. Where's What's each, the situation okay. you're born as? Each dice. <laughs> All right, yeah. Travis, what Be, are you trying to unpack so, right Travis, now? Is, Four, is, five, six. Is, Be, is the six the white and the <laughs> six white or six black? Well, being, Go on the record right now. Being specifically a dark-skinned black man in the South at the turn of the 20th century under Jim Crow laws... Would be rolling a one, two, three. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which is, yeah, you're pretty much done. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was done. shitty back then. Are these yeah. the kind of dice that you would be rolling in uh, Mohican Sun? Yes. Okay. My, my Mohican Sun. <laughs> right. Or maybe like on a riverboat or something, because this is oh. New Orleans. Right. Okay. What about yeah. a cemetery? I like how you had the opportunity to nerd out with like D20s, but you showed restraint. I'm proud of you. Dude, I'm nerding out with CeeLo, man. That's like the real nerd core shit. You play that shit, throw them dollars on the floor. Yeah, you ever walk by an alley in a sketchy area and see a bunch of nerds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, d 20 Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because in the early 20th century, being in New Orleans was probably one of the better places for a black person to be because it was more civilized. Uh, French. It was French influence. They kind of had this kind of laissez-faire attitude. It's a yeah. lot better than being born in, like, say, Georgia, no, where they just beat you to death. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, this is, af- this is after slavery, but there's still these harsh... Yeah, harsh races. We're talking people. a little heavy shit this episode, you know? Great. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, and it, actually, it was interesting. There was a pecking order in the Big Easy, also. Okay. Another name for New Orleans, um, where mm-hmm. um, half-black Creoles, uh, which are, like, French and African mixing... Yeah. Um they often owned their own black slaves before the Civil War. And Ooh. there was like a pecking order of like when you were born, like your racial background. So there's quadroons, which were like half blacks, like <laughs> yeah. mulattoes. Oh and then yeah, oc- this, this this awkward shit. Yeah, and then Octroons, which were like your grandparent was black. Oh. Um yeah. and obviously the whites were at the top of the establishment. Unfortunately for Louis. He was just dark-skinned black, and as he used to refer to him and his friends, they were spades. <laughs> okay. At least it has... I, I dig that. Yeah. Yeah, that so doesn't Louis... sound nearly as rude as the other thing. What, quadroon? <laughs> quadroon. Yes, that one. Thank yeah, you. let's go with quadroons. <laughs> yeah. So Louis's grandmother, Josephine, who was actually born into slavery used to tell Louis about like the times back then and Louis thought it was wild because 
he had never experienced that. And to him, the whole idea of like being a slave yeah. was just unfathomable. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And Josephine would tell him about Sunday afternoons in Congo Square where the slaves would meet up and dance to their African rhythms and drums, the stuff they brought over from Africa. Right. Real groovy stuff. It's got that rhythm. Yeah. 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 It's good music. Yeah. Music had always been around young Louis in a place like New Orleans, and especially because the legendary Storyville existed. You guys know anything oh. about Storyville? No, what's that? Nah. No, I don't know what it is. What I, is it? I got nothing. Yeah. There's that restaurant in Huntington. Yeah, that's they, about it. They closed. Oh, well, they sold really expensive. I had Gator there for the first time. They got jambalaya yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Jambalaya. Jambalaya is so with good. Fishbowl. Uh huh. So it's funny because. Fishbowl margarita. I didn't really know what Storyville was either. I just knew it was associated with New Orleans. But Storyville, it was New Orleans Red Light District. It was oh, like one of the biggest cool. red light districts in the world. Where are you going to eat tonight, James Guy? Storyville. Yeah. Storyville. James, you can't eat mm. there, James Guy. That's where vagina is. They don't have any baked well. beans there, sir. <laughs> Yeah, so we're talking hundreds of whorehouses, gambling dens, Woo! saloons, and dance halls. Yeah, it must smell great. Shake the hips. That's what I was just going to say. That was my next part. I was like, I want you to I'm stop. I'm there with you, man. Yeah, I want you to stop and imagine the smell of this, right? So we're talking about mm. a major port city. Hot, humid, yeah. humid. Thousands yeah. of musky vaginas flopping in the wind. Filled with <laughs> filled with days worth of old cum from rancid sailors yeah. that had just ate oh, true. Oh. day old seafood. That's Raw where dads <laughs> in the gutter. That's where James guys probably eat. some French armpits. <laughs> <laughs> Having dinner tonight. Yeah. Ooh, Ugh. good sensory work, Travis. That was don't need no cocktail shit. sauce. Every day I don't <laughs> come with cocktail salt. Mm -mm. <laughs> So Storyville was truly the eighth wonder of the world. And besides the yeast infections, <laughs> oh, uh, there was another thing cultivating in the sin of soup. And that was Tell me. jazz music. Jazz. Mm. Ba, 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 Just ba, like ba, ba, yeast ba. infections. Okay. Okay. <sighs> kind of similar. So jazz was born out of the hockey tonks and horror houses. It was wild, rambunctious music. That was a fusion of African drums, rhythm, and French and Italian instruments and nuances. What about ragtime? You forgot about ragtime. No, I did not. Actually, it was not known <laughs> as jazz at the time. It was known as ragtime, Tom. <gasps> oh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> so this distinct style from New Orleans yeah. that was ragtime, or as people just called ragtime, would become jazz. Okay. Like mm. So it, the, the ragtime coming from New Orleans was specific and that was like the foundation of jazz. Sweet. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Building blocks. Jazz. Yeah. Love jazz. So, and the, the reason why some people hear ragtime, they're like, what does that mean? It just means that it had ragged timing, irregular rhythms. Yeah. Uh, it had like, it's the arrhythmia. It had like music. hard swing. If, if you're curious, if you don't know what ragtime is for some fucking reason, go look up Maple Leaf Rag. It's one of the most famous rag songs, and you can mm -hmm. yeah. compare that to every other song that was like that at the time. It's all about like, Jerry goes to the supermarket and buys himself a fish, brings it to Sheila, and then they go to a whorehouse. Okay. Or the uh, actually a more famous rag song that is in the public conscious is The Entertainer. Yeah. Billy Joel. Oh. 
That song's a rag song. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Right. So like New Orleans song. rag, New Orleans rag at the time was like the entertainer, but it had horns. It had like that swing, you know, yeah. people didn't know it was jazz, but it, it, it was different than it was. You know. Yeah. Um, so jazz or I'm just going to call it jazz. Uh, so jazz was jazz, a celebration of both life and death. Sorry, no funerals in New Orleans was without a marching band that would play the music while they were parading the oh, that's cool. through the streets. Yeah, that is pretty neat. I want someone to do it when I die. Like, some bands playing and shit. Really? I want the bagpipes, actually. Well, what music would you set it to? Bagpipes? Are you Scottish? No, it's actually, Irish. Uh, do Irish too. shoot me into the space. No music at all. Yeah. Can't hear anything. God. <laughs> Let's uh, give one more round of applause to Mike Regan and his fantastic life. <laughs> yeah. Bam! <laughs> I'll come back like 30 years in the so future. So it was the music that you play when you died. Yeah, it was the music that you play when you died, and it was the music you heard when you were nuts deep deep in a lady of the night. Like Truly hey. the music for everything. Life and death. Yeah. There you go. So from a super young age, Louis was all about music. He would try to sneak into clubs. Like I mean, I'm talking like he's like five or six at the time. He's trying to sneak Ooh. into clubs, and he'd linger around the door, eavesdropping on some of his favorite artists until the bouncer noticed and kicked him out. Like, yeah, here you little idiot. Mm. You're lingering. Yeah. So two of New York, New Orleans' favorites were uh, 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 trumpet players or cornet players, not trumpet, called um, Joe Oliver, a.k.a. King Oliver, and Bunk Johnson. Bunk. <laughs> Bunk. I like that name, Bunk. Bunk Johnson. Period. Period names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both Bunk and Oliver could absolutely shred on their horns. Oh, cool. I don't know what else to say about it. How would you say, Tom? Would you shred a horn? Yeah, I would shred would a horn. I don't yeah. know much about these yeah. silly mono, uh, was it, uh, uh, instruments. God, I'm, I'm like day drunk already. Yeah, like I like chords and stuff like that. So clarinets, Benny Goodman, stuff like that. I just don't get it. It seems real easy for me because I don't, I don't know. Looks so easy. Dude. Tom, what are you trying to hit all these chords for? You're just power chord Tom? Power chord Tom. That's me. So, King Oliver used to play at a dance hall called Funky Butt Hall. <laughs> I like the name of that. Yeah, right. I I'll buy it. There. Yeah. It's good stuff. And this, my friends, is where the twerk come, comes from. Sick. I kid you not. Oh, I kid you not. This is where the twerk comes from. I believe it. So while like the modern day twerk, if I if I did a modern day twerk in this club, would I get ejected? Well, you would get nope. ejected anyway. Like you personally, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's fair enough. Yeah. What is this? What is this man doing? <laughs> what is this Pacific man? Doing? I don't think he's a, a harm to anyone, but he also just screams pest. <laughs> he's got hot pockets really flailing out of his butt, out of his back pockets. <laughs> Look how bad he is. His, his uh, red pil- chili peppers have not been baked into his pizza the proper way. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a seizure or not, actually. So while King Oliver would be blaring on his cornet, the ladies of the dance hall would be doing the funky butt, which was squatting down and shaking okay. their ass. It's twerking. Awesome. Squat, I love it. I'll take butt. it. The funky butt. Love the origins. The proto Well, I'm soft just thinking about it. It's really great. <laughs> so here's little five-year-old Louie hanging around, l- trying to peep through the window, uh, listening to King Oliver's tunes, 
and catching some sweet bubble butt. It's like, hell yeah. I relate. Yeah. They didn't have porn back then. They had to do something. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get they creative porn. before yeah, yeah, porn. Like, oh, this girl's you know twerking in this club. Like, I gotta see to this creative. shit. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so life was hard for Louis and his mother, uh, Mayan. Uh, she had to go back to prostitution, or what she called selling oh, fish. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I feel. It's not a good prostitute. Yeah, I don't know if I feel worse for her or the clientele. If you were selling fish, <laughs> the fish this is pre-Japan occupation. Uh, we don't have sushi yet. Yeah, I don't this like is just that. wet. Yeah, this is- no. warm fish. <laughs> but last week, probably. Yeah, it's probably. Ugh. It's probably bottom feeder like mm. catfish. Yeah. Gotta make a living somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gotta start selling fish yeah. to put fish on the table. Yep. <laughs> Ain't no Twitch stream. You could just go catch there. fish, but that's it's hard. It's hard work. Let's well, continue. We we all yeah. know we all know what it's like. Actually, I, I have no idea. But... So <laughs> prostitutes I've caught one fish in my life. Prostitutes in New Orleans Orleans yeah. were tough as nails. Now, I'm going to list off a bunch of names of famous legendary prostitutes of the Storyville era. Whoa! And then we all you had spoil to... spoil me, Travis. And then we all had to come up with our own names for each other. We were trying to sell that fish. Oh, I see. Or that oh, okay. dick fish. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell okay, my fish. So, huh. it's a long list. I thought all these were hilarious. So, the first one. Flamin' Mammy. Cryin' Emma. Bucktown Bessie. Big Butt Annie. Like Big Leg Nora. Ooh. Gold Tooth Gussie. Yardbird. Oh my God. <laughs> Sugar Pie. Cherry Red. Bucktooth Rena. Uh, Boxcar Shorty. Ooh. Tenderloin Therma. Uh, Lily the Crip. Three Finger Annie. <laughs> and Miss Thing. Oh, Miss Thing. <laughs> now, uh, I, we're all numbers people to a degree. So, Three Finger Annie. Do you think that she had three fingers or was just comfortable with having an additional three fingers? Or did she have a signature move that involved three fingers? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Ooh, three fingers in the butt while she's doing something to you? I mean, what other orifice would you get sexual satisfaction of three fingers being in, Travis? In between your toes. Weird. Um, what, what's <laughs> uh, Cody, what's your prostitute name? Uh, I was going to go... Let's go with gangrene peen. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> gangrene that, peen. I, I, you gotta, you gotta yeah, make money, Cody. You, don't want to go you have to that. make money. No, no I don't. Sex yeah. with that. I'd be like, damn, stay away. Well, from I don't that. know. Does anyone want to have sex with Lily the Crip? I do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. How you, how you judging me when there's Yardbird and Three Fingered Annie in here? <laughs> She'll show you where all the hills are in New Orleans because you you know you didn't think there were. I can do that. It's a lot of flat land. She'll show you how to get Crip with it. Swamp. <laughs> Tom? Um, something like uh, Anal Bell Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> anal oh. Bell Jenkins. <laughs> Jizabella. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you got one? Uh, probably like Cletus or some shit. <laughs> Just, Cletus. <laughs> Just Cletus. Just straight Cletus. Wily Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like all these hot titty mamas, <laughs> but someone's really catching my, my eye right now. Is Cletus. <laughs> Fucking Cletus. Yep. Yeah, Love him. Mm. <laughs> all right. Travis, you didn't say yours, but it's all right. Well, mine mine is a little X-rated. Furry Bottom Nico. Oh. oh. <laughs> cool. So what's the next part of your script? <laughs> that <is yet? laughs> yeah. uh, that's a that's a hard cut joke. 
so, um, all these working women carried razors and were known to cut up a John if he caused any trouble, or also cut up a bitch if she started stagging some clients. Mm. Yeah, and whores back then made a lot of money, uh, more than your average Joe. In fact, whores usually had like the most amount of money in any given city or town around the 20th century. Because where's all the money going to? The whores. Yeah, they're in demand. The whores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, when the economy of this country actually worked, the whores yeah. were in charge. Yeah, right. Well, they're still they're getting it back slowly. It's just the problem that the whores of uh, today are all sensitive and um, OnlyFans. Yeah, like they're on yeah. OnlyFans and they feel like they're important. Like those women back then, they didn't feel like they're important. They made a statement. No, they knew they were important. Exactly. Yeah. So they didn't make and a they fuss. Made a statement. They didn't make a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> He carried yeah. knives. Mm-hmm. Ain't no snowflakes in New Orleans. Louis was kind of on his own because his mom is off, uh, you know, selling fish. It's got to be rough. And, uh, he needs to. He, he's only eight years old. Yeah. He needs to start making money to feed his mom and his sister. He's got no dad, right? Too. He's just like all by himself and shit. Yeah, he's got no dad. His dad is kind of like out, yeah. of the pic- out of the picture. Mm. So it's a real rough childhood. And one thing that always confused people about Louis later on in life. Was they'd see him and he'd have a star of David around his neck. Oh yeah, and, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so Louis Armstrong was obviously a Baptist uh, or like some denomination of Protestant, but he always had a star of David. You'd be like, why, Louis? Well, did Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> why, ask Louis? that question, or he just jumped the gun into it? Yeah, he just went for yeah. it. He just he was like, uh, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. I don't I don't play uh, cards on Saturdays. <laughs> So enter the Karnofsky family. Okay. That's their names. Interesting. Yes. The Karnofsky family was a Jewish family that was a junk dealer. Like the family was a junk dealer. So basically they they're like scrap metal guys. But instead of just scrap metal, they'd sell scrap metal and like bones. So like shoes. Oh general. This is the golden age of selling fish and junk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um Hmm. So Louis became almost like a second son to the Karnofskys. Uh, he'd stay over their house almost every night. He Louis loved Jewish food and Jewish culture. Who loves Jewish food? Uh, Jewish food is all right. I don't. Some I of mean, it's Jewish all right, food dude. is pretty bland. Right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but it's it's satisfying, bland, like latkes and locks. When someone shits on Jewish Not food me. around me, I will stand up for it. But when someone says they love it, oh, yeah, I will shit on it. Because <laughs> there's gems, but like the lowest is pretty bad. This is how I look at it. The gefilte fish. All the fish oh, items okay. are pretty bad. The white fish. Never got that one. I like gefilte fish. I don't like the white fish. Do, do bagels oh, count? Bagels. Yeah, brisket's fucking good. Yeah, bagels count. Love bagels. White, white fish salad. That, them, them we're talking. And then, I don't know. Briskets of sorts. Ben's hot yeah, briskets dogs. briskets are the best, though. Oh, so Brett. Uh, yeah. Wait, that's right. Is Brett there Jewish? You go. Cats. There's cats like a lot of broth and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of broth. Astros, you said? That's a sabret. Oh, sabret. Cat- yeah. I said cats. Are Jewish? I think they are. Yeah. Kosher? Yeah, yeah, they're Jewish. Well, you know, it ain't summer without your ballpark. And hey, Louis was, uh, he was kind of shocked because he's like, here I am in this segregated society. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm the darkest of the dark black guy and all the like lighter skinned black guys hate me. White skinned people hate That's me, obviously, because, be you know, whatever. But he's like, these white folk, the Jews, are being treated almost as bad as the black folk. 
because they're Jews. Oh. <laughs> Everyone shunned the Karnofskis. There wasn't that many Jewish people in New Orleans. It wasn't like New York or something where there was like a section of Well, them. you know why they got shit on so yeah. much, right? Hmm. Why? Because the junk dealership was actually the global banking system. <laughs> oh. but that's a different podcast. Yeah, they, Stop it. Totally different podcast, the Bilderberg Group. Yada, yada, yada. That's where it started, yeah, exactly. the junk dealership. I, we don't have time for that tangent. Mm. We just don't have time. So the Karnofskis actually bought uh, Louis his first horn. And nice when I, it was his first horn, it wasn't a cornet, it wasn't a trumpet, it was a tin horn. It was actually like one of those things that you'd see at like a kid's party, like... <laughs> Better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, right. Better than nothing, and they used Louis... Uh, He'd stand outside of their junk wagon playing on this tin horn and everyone would be like, oh, look at this cute little kid playing his horn. Do, do, do. And they'd be Come like, get the I, Jew I... junk. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, I got some chicken bones because literally they just sold bones. Like they'd take anything. They'd make a necklace out like, of they, it. Maybe. I guess they would sell, they'd sell the bones for like fertilizer. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, so. I got some chicken bones. Here you go. How? You get the crispies at the end wow. of the chicken bones, too. Those are always good. Yeah, those are pretty good. Some people, some, some people don't like them. Is that why you buy these bones? I mean, maybe. <laughs> so eventually, Louis was able to save up uh, with the help of a cash advance from the Karnofskis uh, for his first cornet. Cool. Nice. Yeah, a little nice. real horn, like a real instrument. He's doing it. Um, yeah, he was uh, working constantly at the time. He was actually working for the Karnofskis and then also selling individual pieces of coal to the prostitutes after he got out of work. He'd be like, hey, excuse me, miss, you want a piece of coal? Keep you warm That is so cute. Yeah. John's? That is so cute. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> I know you've been working with these men all day, miss, but you're going home alone. Want something to keep you warm? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coal. So. He's working constantly. He's got this new horn. He drops out of school in the fifth grade, and nice. he joins a little streetlight quartet called the Uptown Ooh. Boys. These are like some little boys that used to hang out on the corner, play for nickels, and bop, bop, ba doo bop, bop, bop. Right. It's, it's good to start um, your first band young. Yeah. Yeah. Trial and error. So this, was, this band was actually enough for him to get attention from local star Bunk Johnson. Wow. So Bunk ran into Louie, and he kind of took him under his wing, trying to sneak him into all these different clubs so he could watch him play and, like, learn the ropes. That's pretty bit. neat. That's nice of him. Why do I... I have this feeling yeah. that Bunk Johnson is the kind of guy who had really small feet, but then, like, packed meat into his boots to make them look normal. <laughs> like, uh, he, he... Yeah, and he, like, compensated right. with, like, a handlebar mustache on his yeah, face. Yeah, like, he bought a, a size 11, even though he was, like, a size 4. Like a full socks. grown man and just <laughs> packed it full of dirty meat just so the women would look I, at him. I mean, his name is Bunk Johnson. That, Come on, yeah. something's got to be wrong with him. Maybe, Maybe it's not the feet yeah. thing, but it's got to be something else. Maybe he liked dogs and dogs I mean, would I think be you, attracted to him ugh. by his feet. They feel meat. I think you hit the nail on the head, Tom. Ugh. Meat shoes. Meat. They probably, meat yeah, they probably work in the winter. Keep your feet warm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Keep the frozen bits on the outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, that New Orleans winter. <laughs> yes, vicious. Cold one. So most of these ragtime or jazz musicians in New Orleans at the time, they didn't know how to read music. They just played what they heard, and they played what sounded right. Now, there were things called reed bands back then, but usually they were by stuck-up Creole, like lighter-skinned black guys that played at the real high-end joints. So we're talking like Bunk doesn't know how to read music. Louie doesn't. He does just mm -hmm. learn, you know? Yeah. 
Because, like, I don't know. I feel like when you read, like, read music only gets you so far. It's like an art form, right? I don't know. I, Probably helps, yeah, yeah. It helps, but, yeah, it only gets you I so far. I don't know how to read music, and I'm technically a professional musician. I have an ASCAP award, so you don't need it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Louie's playing. He's, to, he's a little tooty boy. He's tooting his horn. He's playing for coins in the yeah, street. He's yeah. hanging out with Bunk Johnson. And here's where he earns some of his first nicknames. And they were Dipper, Dipper Mouth, or Satchel Mouth. And the reason oh, why he was known as Satchel Mouth was because Louie would take these dirty coins, probably that were in prostitutes' assholes, and then stash, stash them in his mouth while he was playing so no one could steal them. Oh, from I the love that. <laughs> Can't steal mouth yeah, coins. So no. Hide under the tongue, maybe? Oh, God. Yeah. That's terrible. He's also playing an instrument Why with his mouth. Why would you hide it under your tongue? I don't know. Yeah, he's playing the this trumpet and like, like fucking squirreling coins in his mouth. Ew, that's like, horrible. It's like gum, kind of. <laughs> New Orleans. I love coins. it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So New Orleans, um, much in the tradition of any continental European city, New Orleans is very, you know, uh, European. Um, they would throw a party for any reason in particular. I feel like when you go to Europe, it's like there's some party they're having on like a it's weekend. Always, it's like St. Stephen's. Yeah, it's always a Saint's Day. day. They, there's like... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. There's culture. some kind of holiday every week at least. At least every week. And it's mm. always a yeah. the patron saint of sobriety and everyone gets fucked up on that day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You gotta fucking... Sober up the next day, maybe. Yeah, that's it's like the Mar it's like Mardi Gras every other week. Yeah, so bad. New Orleans, obviously there's Mardi Gras there, and New Year's Eve is a huge deal. Uh, part of the tradition was mm. that people would shoot off blanks into the air, oh, shit. real cowboy shit. They'd get oh, their guns good. and just start shooting. That's shit. a lot of vasectomies. Pew pews. A lot of vasectomies. <laughs> yeah. So, so Louie was trying to look real cool with his friends. Okay. Remember, he's a kid. He's not like a, adults would shoot off guns. Kids wouldn't shoot off guns. Yeah. Right. So Louie was trying to look real cool, and he stole his stepdad's pistol. Okay. And went out on the oh. town and started firing blanks off up in the air. So Sure, I guess. Of course, a cop sees a little black kid with a gun, uh -oh. and they have never needed an excuse to wrestle them to the ground, beat the shit out of them, and arrest them. <laughs> that's terrible because that's what happens well he had he actually yeah. that's we've actually regressed <laughs> yeah because like if you think about it, like a, a little black kid with a gun back then just got tackled and beaten up like guys with sandwiches and fake 20 dollar bills are getting <laughs> murdered now so i know it's that's sad i didn't mean to laugh at that but that's well you true. can laugh at the observation but it's actually very sad yeah yeah it yeah. is it's sad yes so Louis actually got really lucky because he's 12 at this point. So Louis, as a 12-year-old black kid, if he had got arrested two years earlier, he would have been thrown into the joint with adults. Uh-oh. Just like thrown in there. It's like jail. No juvie? You know? There's no juvie. Jesus. If you were black, there was no juvie. Wow. If you were white, there's a juvie. Mike, come on. Sure. Um, but thank If you're white, you get thrown in juvenile hall when you're like 39. <laughs> He'll grow up. <laughs> So, but thankfully, he was arrested two years later. So, the judge overseeing the case had a Louis case in particular. He had set, helped set up. Excuse me. The judge overseeing the case had helped set up the colored waff house for boys. Oh. Um, now, 
the Waff House was run by a black man named Captain Joseph Jones, who ran the school like a military academy. He was super strict and tough, but he taught lessons that, like life lessons to these boys um, that were like important. So it was a juvenile correction facility. He's actually better than most at the time. Like they would teach these kids. Oh, that's like, good. Oh, like a lot of them were on the streets for like bad reasons. Yeah, maybe Blues give a career or something like interesting. that. Something maybe some life skills. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that we have a description of a guy we know his name, and he's being described as a teacher. That automatically sounds better than any juvenile hall today because it's just some nameless warden. Well, he's described as a captain. Wants you to make, yeah, yeah, military captain. All right, but yeah, but he's like we we have a name, I guess. That's the, yeah, you know what I mean, like, for sure. If there's a name attached, like there's pride involved with mm-hmm. your your teaching of wayward youths. Mm-hmm. So the school actually also had a marching band that was run by a man named Peter Davis, and Louis made it a mission to join the band. And at first, uh, Peter Davis kind of found Louis's persistence to be really annoying. So he made Louis just play the slide whistle. Nice. <laughs> Sitting there going, wee, that... wee, wee. <laughs> You play the slide whistle. <laughs> but eventually, fun. Louis got a hold of a cornet and then uh, started playing. And, and Peter Davis caught him. He's like, damn, this kid's good. <laughs> um, mm. So he made him the star of the cornet section. Star of the band kind of thing. Good for him. Now, the marching man was actually used to show off the fact that the school was actually a reform school. So they'd go around to, like, white people or something <laughs> that, like, like benefited, you know, be like, I don't know. Yeah, help the black kids. And, like, you know, like, they play marching bands, all these, like, high society people. Right, right. Yeah. I just like um, and, you using the term white people like that is very funny because it's, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's like, hey, we have a useful program. Look at all these kids. They're, like, you know, they could take orders and they can learn how to do shit. Um, let's go to, down to Burger King and see if any white people are there that we can play at. <laughs> Mm, yeah, right. Play at. Yeah, there's Cletus. Like, I'm just trying to eat my fucking burger. Get the fuck out of my face with this band. That's a nice tune there. So yeah, I'd be like, you guys are good. You know, you guys are playing, playing real nice. Give us money now. So, well, yeah, Louis himself was able to get enough donations, like in Louis's personal tip jar, because like he'd do solos mm. and like put out his fucking band this hat. Hustle going that on. he got a respect. He him. got enough to get the band new uniforms. Wow. Thirty dollars, nice eh? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> so Louis loved this new structured life. I mean, he didn't get a lot of food, you know, but which Louis loved to get. He loved to eat. He's big boy. He's a big boy all of his life. There you go. Um, but he felt like he was part of something. It was good, right? Sure. Right. This was all until his long lost father somehow came back into the Uh-oh. picture. He petitioned the judge to have his son removed from the wave house. And Louis was like, what the fuck, dude? Ugh. I love it here. So, <laughs> heard you had money, son. So, yeah. Some parents, so, when they disappear, just need to keep disappearing. Yeah. Be gone, sir. Yeah, yeah. right? So Louis... There's no backsies. Yeah. Louis was released from the reform school and put into the custody of his father and stepmother. This only lasted a year as Willie Armstrong had knocked up his now wife with another baby, and once the baby was born, Louis was kicked back out. Oh, nice. Cool. Thanks for removing me from that sweet gig, Dad. Oh. Really worked out for everyone, didn't it? Backseas, I don't really backseas. want you anymore. I kind of just want to, you know, you go, to, go away now. Oh, sorry, you got a new baby? 
Yeah, I don't what am I, get... an iPhone? Yeah, he's got a new one. <laughs> right? It's pretty fucked up. Oh, my yeah. God. I got this new baby. Wow. Yeah. You come back. I don't really want you, actually. Yeah. Dear later. <laughs> actually, <laughs> three... I got this new baby. It only took him three months to decide that that's what he was going to do. Wow. Think about it. A year later. Did you get the... It's like... You get the protection plan on it? Because, yeah, yeah, I got the protection. Yeah, well, care the new uh, baby. I need to return this one because my wife has just now become pregnant uh, last night. So uh, <laughs> nine months and you're out of here. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. So oh, Louis now 14 and he Ooh. starts working as he's not a coal miner. He's like a coal mover. Okay. He just moves coal around on the, with a donkey. Oh, it's okay. Suck. It's, probably um, it's probably better than being in the hole, though. That's true. Some fresh air. Yeah, so he's well, he's moving coal, but he's also still playing his cornet. He's got his cornet, and he bumps into his old friend, Cocaine Buddy Martin. <laughs> I like that name. Cocaine. I Buddy think we Martin. can all get behind like, a good Cocaine mm, Buddy Martin. Yeah, Buddy yeah, Martin's like now. Is that a prostitute name? No, he's just he's Cocaine Buddy Martin. He comes up. He's like, "How you doing? Oh yeah, Louis. Uh, we got a, a great opening at a local honky tonk in the third ward. Uh, it's run by some mafia guy, but you're gonna love him. You're gonna this Italian mafia dude. You're gonna love him. He's such a good guy. Yeah, you're gonna love him, buddy. I miss you, man. Do you have any cocaine for Martin? <laughs> Martin is poor. Martin's so poor because all he eats is cocaine. Man, beautiful. Does Louis do cocaine? Uh, I'm sure he dabbled. We'll get into what Louis takes in a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Louis got this job at the honky tonk. He's working for the Italian mafia now. He's also oh, doing like he's not he's not part of the family, uh, but he's working connected. at a place that's connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. there uh, you go. He's doing those funeral parades whenever he can. I mentioned those before. Mm-hmm. And so, Tom, I have a question for you. You're the music. I'm pointing a lot of questions at you. You're a musician. I'm not. I, I don't play. Thank yeah. God, I suck. I feel music. so. Uh, underqualified at the moment, but let's right. go, Tom. I know, I know you play guitar, right? You ever been in a shredding competition? Uh, fortunate, or just like, or like no. you and your friends are trying to like do like the skate version of playing a tune or something. No, no, you never like sat like, it out. Like, hey, I've never had that Ralph play. Macchio, Steve Vai moment from Crossroads <laughs> with anyone. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm not that good. I could play some licks, but uh. I'm not the kind of guy to sign up for one of those Sam Ash competitions or even pretend so with one of my other friends playing out of a little crate amp. I feel like anyone that signs up for like a Sam Ash competition probably has like a groany tail. You know? Oh, yeah. Definitely hiding it. What is that? A groany tail? What is that? What it's is a grown ass man ponytail. Oh. Like where you've got like male pattern balding. It's kind of like a skullet, but ponytailed. Ooh. Yeah. That's a harsh look. Yeah. Well,. I hate that. But anyway, Thanks. so like I want to compare what Louie does to a kind of guitar. Like if you think about like the classic 80s, like, yeah, let me fucking play this riff. And then like the other guy's like, I can do that. And he's like, right. Right. So there's these things that Louie does called cutting matches. And this was very popular. Bunk, Bunk Johnson did it. Sounds dangerous. And King Oliver did it. And what cutting matches were, it was kind of like a shredding competition. But instead of like playing actual notes, like doing a little lick on your trumpet, mm-hmm. it was trying to hit the highest and loudest note possible over and over That's again. So aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> That's some dumbass shit. Oh my god. Yeah. So Louis Armstrong, the master, was the master of this. He once hit 250 consecutive high C's in a row. Wow. And a high C on a trumpet's like really fucking high pitch. But just imagine some dude just like, 
Yeah, that's what they're there for. <laughs> Doing the ragtime shit. That's that's like that makes competitive oh eating God. look uh, like a real noble quest. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Just him standing there, like like a rooster, just screams its like lungs off, but it's just once a day. This guy is just, I'm just imagining Louie just knock back an entire pot of coffee and just doing this for like eight hours. People would do this so much until they split their lip. Ow. And like blood Great. blood would go into the horn and they'd blow out their, there's like a spit valve on a trumpet. And they'd open the spit valve and just blood would pour Ew. out. Ew. It's awesome. It's fucking metal. That, okay. It's actually something I want to yeah, see now. Intense. Yeah. yeah. And people. People would that, like that, crowd that around. Everything. People would crowd around, and like bands would get together and be like, "Ah, oh, cutting match, fuck yeah!" Like some eighties, like like uh, fucking break. Just dance standing there thing for forty five minutes while two people are hitting the same note over and over again. What is yeah. wrong with this? This is like. Uh, and here I think illegal street rock. racing is stupid. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that much. It's like the beginning. Like uh, we're gonna have a drummer count off competition. So it's just the drummers, two different drummers, and they're each gonna count off. And whoever can do it the loudest, as many times in a row. One, two, three, four! One, One two, two, three, four! I guess so, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what it's like. Yeah. I, I don't know. The analogy game on that one is just ridiculous, so we better stop it there. <clears throat> All right. So, Louis now playing in the Third Ward at this Italian mafia place. And it's the Third Ward's a tough place. It still is. I've never been to New Orleans, but I've heard that the Third Ward is hard. I don't even know what it is, so I'm soft. You didn't explain anything, Travis. I did not. Maybe someone from Nolans could fucking tell us what the third board's about. Or you could. Yeah, you're the one. You did all the research. Damn it. (laughs) I told you it's hard. The mafia runs it. Right, right. Okay, it's hard. All right, we can move along now, I suppose. So, so anyway, enter a man that is 6'6", a man named Black Benny. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Black Benny. Oh. Was okay. he African American? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he was. Okay. I think he was. I didn't see a picture of him, but was he Uncle Ben? Have we the... all seen pictures of him? <laughs> Is he Uncle Ben? Is Uncle Ben actually still on? I think they're going to take him off the rice because for some reason having a man on rice is racist. I hope they put. A, I hope they put a Chinese guy on there. That would be great. This will show him. Ho Chi Minh's rice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Benny was an incredible drummer. He was a ladies' man. He was a bouncer and a brawler. He actually was a prize fighter in a type of fight called a battle royale, which was not like the wrestling thing where a whole bunch of I mean it kind of was, you know, like in wrestling a whole bunch of men get in there to try to loop each other up out of the ring. Right. They get all sweaty and stuff. But these battle mo- royales were five men in a ring. All blindfolded, throwing punches. Oh, cool. I That's like this. That's fucking awesome. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can't fake that. Yeah, that's real nope. deal shit. And Black Benny was the fucking master of this shit. So Black Benny became kind of Louis's protectorate and wise man. Um, he knew how to survive in this underworld, seedy, third ward place. Getting vaguer. <laughs> what? Just getting vaguer. He's yeah. getting vaguer, <laughs> I'm noticing. Yeah. He's- yeah. The Blackboard place. Black Benny is guiding around Louis Armstrong through the, you know, area. The place. <laughs> yeah, through the area. But Black Benny left Louis with uh, this one phrase that stuck with him his entire life. And okay. it was this. Is this going to be the first? Always have. 
Always have more than one woman. Okay. I like it. That was that was Black Benny's advice. Smart. You got to always have your side chick. I believe He's a it. Ladies, man. <sighs> okay, that's fine. I suppose if you like headaches, sure. Yeah. The funny, <laughs> the funny, the funny thing about Black Benny's advice was that he actually died about five years after Louis met him when one of his girlfriends caught him with a whore and shot him through the oh, heart. Oh shit! Benny lived for a full week before dying. With oh, Jesus Christ! Wow, <laughs> that much blood was stored up in his cock. He just had a huge <laughs> erection, got blown through the heart, and just there was just a week's worth of blood. Yeah, they were just uh, rolling it out like a tube of toothpaste. He's a little, uh, little on blood yeah, pressure right like... now. Just crank one off, please. <laughs> Jeez. So Louis Louis was tooting his horn, making his name for himself in New Orleans, playing this ragtime, yeah. as they called it, dodging bullets from the mafia. There's a few times where he was playing a show and, you know, there was like a drive by, like someone entered the fucking place and like shot it up. Oh, like shit. Louis wow. Louis Do you know what a drive by is? I don't know. It's probably on a horse, dude. Okay. Horse by. I'm sure our audience does. So continue. <laughs> so. Louis even tried to take Black Benny's advice to heart, and he tried pimping. Uh, you know, oh, okay. obviously all these all these whores, you know, they had their pimps, they have their man, man. And uh, Louis got a hoe named Nudie, N O O T Y, Nudie. It's better than the other one, Nudie, which was N E W T Y. She was a river lady. So Nudie was noticed. Nudie was real ugly and real mean. She was a lot older than Louie. Like she got he got the ratchet lady. Um and one day she stabbed Louie in the arm. Oh my god, the fuck. Uh, so Louie's mom came around and nearly strangled Nudie to death. Holy and that shit. was the end of Louie being a pimp. All right. See, it only takes <laughs> yeah. one stabbing to become a nice guy. Yeah, sure. Yep. It's probably. So <laughs> you never you never been stabbed, Mike? Not like seriously stabbed, no. Thankfully, I've never been stabbed. Half stabbed? Yeah. Like a piece of a fan. Like a metal bottom. <laughs> was it was it a prostitute fan? Like a hoe fan? No, it was like fan? a really shitty like Big Lots fan. <laughs> well, mm. that's pretty tough, dude. That's hard life. It's weird how you got you managed to stab yourself on that, not get sliced by it. Well, continue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I mean so anyway, at this at this point of his life, Louis's around like uh, he's turning eighteen, somewhere around that late late teens. Uh, he falls in love with a prostitute named Daisy Parker. The two of them get married, and this was an absolute disaster because he had married a razor wielding prostitute. Whoops! Didn't see that. A normally named one. Yeah. What a great normal name, though. It's true. I mean, that might might have not been her lady name. Might have been like. Daisy dump dump in your mouth Parker. This is my uh, yeah, my my or wife like Daisy Vagina Knuckle my Parker. My wife Daisy Parker, also known as uh Crab Rammer. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Uh Queef yeah. Wellington. <laughs> yeah. So also around this time, Louis basically adopts his nephew Clarence. Well, uh, nephew was his cousin. His cousin had a kid and she died in childbirth. Oh, I don't no. know what that is. A second cousin or something. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so he takes Clarence under his wing. He basically treats him as a son. Louis never had any kids of his own and would, you know, basically treat this kid as his son, giving oh, him wow. when he died, he gave him some money, you know, that thing. That's that nice of Louis to do that, to look after him. Yeah. The thing about 
This, though, is Louie wasn't a paying attention to the young lad, and he fell off a porch and hit his head, uh -oh. giving him permanent Whoa. brain damage, and Clarence was always a little bit slow. Well, how old was he when he did that? Young. Oh, young. Like, and Louie just, like, just, like, being careless, and he was like, whoops. Well, he's still better than Eric Clapton. What did Eric Clapton did. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, my dad let, my dad and mom let me fall down the stairs when I was a kid. I'm perfectly normal. Yeah, you're all right. You're a little soft <laughs> in some areas. A little yeah, harder than others. Fucking convex bowl, dude. That's all I have to. That, that's all I have to say. Cody, the smart, smarter childs here. The basically the first AI that ever existed. Smarter child was me. So touche. <laughs> ah, touche. Young touche. Touche. Anyway, all right. Nineteen seventeen <sighs> happens, and the government. You know, we're in World War One, and the government cracks down Fuck. on the American, the great American profession of prostitution. Oh, damn it. Oh. I mean, prost they went for the prostitutes, and then they went for the bootleggers. Where is it? It's got to stop. They're still coming yeah. for us. They're always coming. Yep. Us, next is podcasters. It's going to be, yep. be non, non uh, uh, what is it? Spotify. Yeah, non-Spotify approved podcasts. We're going to get tossed <laughs> into the, the alligators of obscurity, Ooh, which we've already been teetering on for quite some time. Yeah. So at the end... With the end of prostitution ended the legendary Storyville, but the music lived on. Now this ragtime New Orleans whorehouse music was just called Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. Oh. N not Jazz with two Zs. Jazz with S's. Jazz. Just yeah, with S's. Jazz. Jazz. That's so like very it. cool. Jazz. Yeah. People quickly realized that that was, in fact, not cool. Oh. And that Zs make things way cooler than S's. Yeah, baby. So they put yeah, Z's true. on it. Cause like jazz Z's. Jazz sounds like a non-word. Yeah. You know sounds like I mean? someone's name. Jazz sounds like someone who learn who who speaks Italian is learning uh how to speak English and keeps pronouncing gas the wrong way. <laughs> Excuse me, I have jazz. Gestation. Do you have Tom's? <laughs> I have jazz. Uh excuse me, sir? Pepto Bismol. Yeah, give me the pink. I have jazz. <laughs> All six. Yeah, right. Grazie. So many, many New Orleans musicians left the Big Easy when Storyville was boarding up and moved to northern cities like Chicago and New York, which were all about jazz. Uh, keyboard player Jelly Roll Morton. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if you guys ever heard Jelly yeah, Roll. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, Je I love him. Jelly Roll was a New Orleans native, and he claimed to have invented jazz, but that's all bullshit. He's just a cocky dickhead. He's a cocky dickhead, but I like his name. Yeah, great name. Mike, do you know where? Uh, do you know where Jelly Roll Morton got his name? Uh, do you like Jelly Rolls? He did, but the thing is, that wasn't a food. That was a sex move. A Jelly Roll. What? Uh, yeah. What is that? Like, yeah, fucking just like the woman gets on top of you and like does like the belly dancing thing in front of you. But the, but just just imagine you make your name a sex move that your girlfriend does to you. Hmm. Imagine if you were like reverse cowgirl Mike. That'd be so confusing. It'd be Rhino sixty nine Mike. Would be mine. That's good. <laughs> I like that. That's that's gonna catch. I'm, yeah. I'm Travis Cleveland Steamer. There you go. That's a, that's a hot one, Travis. <laughs> Cody, you should yeah, be hot take. Uh, you should be uh, ozone stargazing McCann. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> ah, pink eye for me, please. <laughs> so all these jazz players are living in diaspora. They're spreading out to northern cities. Yeah. 
But Louis stuck in New Orleans playing at these mafia dives. Uh, he just doesn't want to leave. People are telling him, like, come to New York, come to Chicago. But he's like, nah, I'm, I'm from New Orleans. I like to eat crabs and shit, and like rice and beans and jam, jambalaya. And it's awesome. Good eating stuff. Yeah. Uh, but jazz was, like I said, jazz was like really hot shit up north. Uh, and a bunch of shitty white people were making their own jazz bands. And then going down to New Orleans and stealing songs from the underground honky tonks. Okay. Because like whorehouses still existed. Yeah. They just went underground. So these white folks would like show up and be like, oh, what are they playing? I'm here and for the whores, act- but I do enjoy music. So I hope you have music. Uh um. I'd like to have sex with a whore on top of a upright pianist, please. <laughs> so oh. this actually happened to Louis. What? So he was playing a he was playing a song that he wrote called "Keep Off Katie's Head." So, I don't know <laughs> what what part of is it really Katie's head? Is, or? is it like a sing song kitty song about lice? <laughs> yeah, probably. But anyway, he's playing this song and. Um, in the oh, so he's playing the song in I think the best named club in the world, the Ham Kickers Club. Oh, that is a cool name, <laughs> dude! You you keep doing this to us this entire episode. Is that place still I, around? Why do I not own the Ham Ham Kickers Club? Is it still around? Would you rather have the Ham Kickers or the Funky Butt? Ham Kickers. Yeah, that's way more solid. Yeah. So anyway, he's playing the song in the Ham Kickers Club, and two white dudes by the name of. William and Armand Payon. Armand. Yeah, they're just sitting in the audience and they start annotating his music, writing down the sheet music. Like, whoa, 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 while Louis's playing. Are they music pirates? Yeah, a few years later, they released a song called I Wish I... They wanted to make it more white for the general audience. Mm-hmm. So they came out with a song called oh, I Wish I Could Shimmy Like My Sister Katie. Oh, what the fuck? They cleaned up the lyrics because originally Louis's... Like, this music was dirty. This was for whorehouses. So Louis yeah. is, like, singing about, like, Katie's got a big old butthole, and I put my dick oh, in cool. it and shit like that. So they cleaned it up, Aww. and they released it, and it became a smash hit. No credit to Louis. That's fucked up. Mm, pretty pretty standard practice back yeah. then. Yeah. Jeez. Elvis did it to Chuck Berry. Yeah. Was it to Chuck Berry, or was it to someone else? Yeah. Uh. Might have been to someone else. Yeah, 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 I think Elvis did to a bunch of people. We got to look into that. Yeah, we'll do an Elvis episode. He, he's coming. He's oh, going to yeah. be the king of Well, of that's shit. you, Tom. Yeah. So Louis was getting restless. Louis was getting restless. He was stuck playing the mm. same shitholes night after night, all while he was still working his coal job during the day. This guy, like, was up from, like, 6 in the morning to, like, 3 in the morning. Damn. Doesn't stop. You know what that means? <sighs> yeah. He's tired. Yeah, he's a tired boy. <laughs> I'd be tired Eventually, too. But tired. No time to mess. Yeah, Mike's tired, and he's gonna get probably close to six hours tonight. <laughs> Louis's getting half of that. I'm wide awake right now. What do you mean? Oh, you're falling asleep. I see it. I'm falling asleep too. It's just so hot out. It's very hot. It's a vigorating script, but man, it's hot down here. Yeah, but now be, imagine being top. in New Orleans. Mm. Imagine being in New Orleans and doing this. Oh man, uh, that's even hotter. Swamp butt. Mm. I'd have my shirt off or something. My fucking jelly rolls out. <laughs> So eventually, <laughs> eventually, Louis gets recruited to none other than a reading band, the band that had the read music. Ah, yeah. So he's kind of like, I don't know how to read, but I can't turn this down because it was a band that played on a steamboat that traveled all the way down the Mississippi. So they'd start all the way up in like uh, Minnesota and they'd go all the way down to New Orleans oh, playing. Wow. 
Um, and another thing on top of that, he didn't know how to read music, but he also needed to learn a new instrument. It was similar to the cornet, but the trumpet. Oh. It's a slightly Ooh. different instrument, different key and different, you know, it's less blary than the cornet. So obviously he was somehow able to master both of these. He had a little bit of lessons from uh, one of the Creole bands, and he joined the Fate Maribel Orchestra on this steamboat. Very cool. So nice. This was far from the honky tonks that he used to play in. Uh, although all the band was black, yeah. Uh, the major- the passengers aboard the steamboat were always pretty much white. They had a few days where they do like black okay. shows, but like the majority of the people on there were white people, well, and they were like, "Oh, yeah. we gotta see the black people play because they can play better than white people." Duh. Obviously. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That's this is a truth. So Fate Maribel was a. He was a strict band leader, and he didn't allow the band to stray far from the sheet music until he met Louie. And he's like, this guy's great. I got to let him go. Uh, Fate's Fate's, um, claim to fame was the ability to play the, I'm going to say this word wrong, the calliope, that weird steam organ that they used to play on boats. Calliope. Calliope. I think I have no idea. Me either. Dude, just look at. C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. Yeah. Calliope. Calliope, yeah. Look this up because it's got it, the weird. It's like a weird whistle organ. It's cool because it's an organ. Because usually, you know, you have like whatever working with the organ, like pipes or you know. But the pipe is powered by the steam that comes out of the steam engine uh. of the ship. So it's an oh, that's wacky as yeah. shit. I love it. So when you, he'd be playing, hell? you'd be seeing these like little like steam puffs come out of the organ holes. So strange. Like, boop, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, and apparently he could fucking shred on that shit. He was fucking really good at that. He was playing that shit. Nice. Um, but like neat. I said, Fate really liked uh, Louis' style and started to give him solos and eventually let him sing in his iconic growly voice. That's pretty cool. Uh, if you've heard, oh, this is new. If you've ever heard Louis Armstrong, yeah. I mean, I feel like we could all do a... Hey, what a wonderful world. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh, give me another line, Mike. Red <laughs> roses too. Wow, Bill Cosby covering Louis Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Theo, I see green trees made of jello. <laughs> as long as the tears jerker, it's kind of sad too. I think the message. No, I can't do it. Can't do that voice. What a wonderful, wonderful world. Right, enough of this, I suppose. Yeah, anyway, so he's starting to sing. He's doing these trips on the steamboat. His name's getting out there. And in the process, he kind of became more of like an entertainer. He was dancing around, making off-the-cuff remarks. And he invented scat. Scat? That's right. We would not have the scat man without... Really? Louis Armstrong. Rest in peace, Mr. Scat Man. Yes. That's an awesome contribution to the fucking society. Yeah. Yeah, we would never have brilliant songs like Freak <laughs> on a back. Leash by Corn. <laughs> yeah, I take it back. Without Louis <laughs> Armstrong's. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, along with this babble that Louis <laughs> introduced, uh, he introduced a whole bunch of new cool words oh, that started to spread like wildfire. Words like cats. Yeah. Cat. Like, yeah, cats. Cats. So cats existed. It used to oh, refer to like black musicians, cats. like cats. Yeah, like out. hey, we're gonna fucking. You're a cool, cool cat, cats. Mike. 
So yeah, it yeah. used to be just a term for black musicians, but Louis started calling everyone a cat. He's like, hey, cat, what's up? Right. Skibbity bop bop. He also used to call people pops, oh, and pops. he would talk hey. about jive. Jive. He was one of the jive. first people to talk about jive. Mm. Wow. I like jive. Was jive this was again? also. Uh, I mean, jive, like times, jive is right? kind of like it's like a like a cool feeling like you've got like a the jive like it's kind of hard to describe but i have a negative jive association like, with jive. uh swagger or something oh, okay also jive can be a um i think in the 70s, be like a jive turkey yeah in the 70s i think it, it turned into a bad that's what thing, i see you yeah. know like um like how yeah, dude like used to be dodge that dude jive. used to be for stupid people then it was cool and now it's hate speech because it's gendered Oh really? You know, something <laughs> like that. Shit. Dude. No, but jive jive back then meant you like were, were cool, like you're hip. Uh, like uh, jive sick. was cool yeah. back then. Okay, Spring back yeah. jive. That's wack. Like I guess. Well, I'm trying to relate it to someone your age. Like you, you're fire, you're fuego. I don't. know What do you guys? You're say so now? jive. Yeah, you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. <laughs> That's how it goes. So drive. also on his time on this steamboat, uh, Louis had his first exposure to what he called a muggle. The fuck's that? He like invented Harry, Harry Potter Potter's shit. too? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Now, muggle, or sometimes he would call it gate, was weed. Oh, sick. Louis smoked all the dank 420s. He used the CBD. He hit up every gas station before there was even gas stations. <laughs> I mean, Louis sounds like oh a very smart man. Yeah, I, I like Louis yeah, so far. I, like I mean, he lot. got stabbed by a whore once. Yeah, it happens. Through. So, Lou, it does happen. Louis, I feel like he was way ahead of his time, too, because he was all about yeah. the medicinal purposes yeah. of weed. Fuck taking pills um, and shit. Which I feel like was kind of more of a recent. Thing that kind of popped up to make it legalized. Yeah, I mean, it always existed, but you know. Yeah, the um, the, the all the side effects that, or, or um, the things you could do with weed to cure everything that don't that doesn't exist. Oh, I love yeah. that. So shit. Louis yeah. was all about like I, the reason why I'm so healthy and I, I'm overweight and obese is because I smoke weed. <laughs> that didn't make sense, but oh, yeah. I buy it. I back it. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like jive turkey. I'll take it. So in his career, he would often force bandmates to smoke weed before they recorded. Oh, that's not cool. He'd be like, terrible. Dude, Whoa. you have to smoke because I'm Louis Armstrong and I get high. Mm. I'd be like, fuck yeah, Louis, let's fucking do it. Dude, if you, you want to smoke play weed an and you're trying to play an instrument. I'd play a fucking triangle or some shit. I'd do something to contribute. I'd be like, come on, Louis. Yeah, throw him that kazoo. You can play the jive angle. <laughs> yeah, Tom, get the kazoo. Make him play kazoo. Well, I, that's, that goes on my mouth. Oh yeah, Thomas right, Corona. Corona. Yeah, I got Ronus, dude. I got Rona. more do Ronus. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you've been sneezing on Mike yeah, all day. I'm just trying to have fun, you know. <laughs> it's like um, driving, Tom. Throw back to last week, Alexander Graham Bell. That's how the telephone sounded. Yes. Oh, so in my apartment, I actually have one of those old-timey telephones with the receivers separate. Oh, cool. oh yeah. Nice. I think I talked about that, and I'm I actually saying. used it for the first time. I had some, I got some Chinese food delivery. Oh. I picked it up, and it was like, he was like, hello, like, but it was like, oh. And I was like, okay, I guess it's Chinese food. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> the, the first truly racist joke in this podcast about Louis Armstrong is a, is a Chinese one. <laughs> uh, so, wow. I, I mean, as I, 
It's like Uncle Ben and a Chinaman on yeah, the box. Yeah, hanging out, making out, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. Louie was the original Snoop Dogg. He was Sick. smoking all that weed. Fuck yeah, Louie. Um, he got arrested a few times for possession, spending a total of nine days in a county jail. Now, remember, this is long before Reagan made possession like a 10-year sentence. Yeah. Uh, because if you wow. got caught with the amount of weed Louie had, you'd probably be going away for a long time. But oh, wow. back then it was like, you're going to jail for nine days. You shouldn't be smoking that dope. Nine days. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, when our, eh, when our parents were smoking weed, when they were our age, they didn't have laws like that. Cops usually just let them go. Oh. I got weed on. You shouldn't do that. I'll see you next week. <laughs> I believe So it. also, interestingly enough, the man that made weed... A criminal offense, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Louis actually worked alongside Ronald Reagan in a Hollywood movie. So that? Reagan definitely smoked weed wow. and is a fucking hypocrite. Oh, yeah. My God. Or he well, hated it. He was like, I don't want to smoke weed. A politician. Some shit. So I fucking hate it. I mean, they're stupid politicians. They, yeah. you know, they, of course, they could have a war on drugs and stuff like that. They just need something to, to do. That's what politicians, they're useless. Mm -hmm. They need to create problems. Yeah. So after the steamboat returned back to New Orleans and ended in New New Orleans, Louis had a taste of the world, and he wanted to get out. I feel you. Uh, His wife was like, his wife Daisy at this point was just like out there. Like they didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. You know? It's falling Mm -hmm. apart. But again, Louie struck luck. So he's playing at another ro- mob run uh, club when all of a sudden he gets a telegraph from his old hero, King Oliver. Now, King, oh. King had left New Orleans and started a jazz band up in Chicago. Oh, sir. And his trumpet player had quit. Leaving, and when he heard Louie on this like steamboat tour, he was like, dude, come up north. Come to Chicago, bro. Mm. Deep dish pizza. Fucking make some music. And Louie was like, fuck yeah. Uh, So he put his two weeks in at the club. But before he did, he had Mm. become friends with the bouncer of the club, a guy named Slippers. I like that name. That's a good name. That's a crafty name. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So Slippers gave him another mantra that stuck, like another saying that stuck with Louie all of his life. And that was this. He said, when you go up north, Dipper, be sure to find yourself a white man That'll put his hand on your shoulder and say, this is my nigger. Well, so huh. Slipper, well, because he was playing in all of these like Italian run white guy clubs, Dipper had been or uh, this guy Slippers was like, dude, you have to find a white dude because, dude, times are fucked up. Dude. And a, a white dude will bail you out of jail. Like they can actually just call up the court and be like. No, that's my dude. Right. Look, man, I know you just dropped the N-word, but it was in the context of quoting shoes. So it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And Tiva's Mm. said the N-word. Yep. Unfortunately. (laughs) Very very racist white person sandal. (laughs) Yeah. So that was something that Louis remembered. And he always made sure that he had a white manager or like a white person of influence that could either spread his name or bail him out of trouble. As you said, like all, all, if you were a black guy... You would be in jail for life, but if you had some white dude that was like, "Yo, this is my dude," and you called the like literally okay. the yeah. I, I see literally white on. guys could call the judge up and be like, "Let that guy out of like jail." A PBA card, and they just fucking let them out of jail. Man, I wish that still worked. <laughs> just to have a friend in a high place. I wish that yeah. still worked for anyone. I know, right? Yeah. 
So Louis said goodbye to his mom, and she gave him one of his favorite meals, a trout loaf sandwich. Oh. <laughs> nice. Break it down for me. I don't know what a trout loaf sandwich. Please, uh, uh, please tweet at us. I'm gonna guess that she just takes like a head of a trout and just mashes it up, shoves it into an Altoids box, and leaves it in the sun for a little bit. <laughs> Pops it out of there, puts it on um, a, on a cornbread, and it's good to go. Yeah, so he's eating this stinky so, ass sandwich uh, on the train. He heads off to Chicago. I, I'm I'm additionally confused because his mom is a self proclaimed fish. Seller. She's a fishmonger. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. A fishmonger of sorts, and she, her specialty is a trout sandwich. <laughs> Dare I read between lines? Cody, it's not a trout sandwich. It's a trout loaf sandwich. That's right. the gross oh. part. Excuse the loaf, me. not the trout. Trout loaf. Have you ever seen someone eat an olive sandwich? No. Have you ever seen someone eat an olive loaf sandwich? Yeah. Still no. Amazing. Probably wanted to kill them. <laughs> I like olive loaf. What's it's bologna with olives in Look, it? Look as close as we are, and uh, like that, you know, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you no harm, but want to kill you sometimes. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna take that death threat, and I'm gonna move on. It's not a death threat. It's just uh, it's, a, sure. it's a show of my affection. So King Oliver's band played at the Lincoln Gardens, uh, and it was very successful. Again, Louis starts to make waves. Yeah, but. In this band, King Oliver, he was the trumpet player, and Louis was always the second chair. Oh. You know? Like, King Oliver played trumpet. It's his band. He's supposed to be the star. Um, gotcha. And Louis didn't really care, because he was getting paid more than he ever had in his life. It was like 20 bucks a week. I mean, this is Can't like... that. It's a good... This old-timey. I mean, that's a decent salary. Yeah. Old-timey money. But the thing that Louis didn't realize was that most people were actually showing up to see this band to see him oh you know oh get some fame he's the star yeah and also they were super interested in his again his local lingo or patois uh, and he introduced even more words into like the cool you know vernacular so he said words like chops right like when you're talking about your lips when you're playing yeah like chops okay or, and he also talked mm. about muggles weed or vipers which were potheads like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Viper. Cooler. Yeah. That is cool. Or any, and he introduced uh, the term like mellow. Like, oh, that's mellow. Oh, wow. Wow. And this, this guy speaks in riddles. I like Louis, man. And Shit. This, one, this <laughs> one's really cool. Gut bucket. That's so sick. gut. Bu- gut bucket was referred to playing your heart out. Like, you were in the gut bucket. Like you pulled out all your organs and threw it in the bucket. It's amazing. Like, what if you you're do. on a fishing boat. Gut bucket. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Across the street at the Dreamline Cafe, uh, the house pianist was Lil Harlan. Now, Lil was a very uh, fierce woman. She was highly educated, despite the color of her skin. She was black. Um, she could read piano. No, at the time, it was, you know, that was a big deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, at gotcha. the time. Yeah, all right. Time was a big deal. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. She could read music. She played piano like no other. And King Oliver was mm-hmm. secretly trying to snag her for his, uh, his own band. And Louie was trying to Ooh. snag that ass. Okay. Throw the old uh, um, uh, cram, uh, crab rammer. She's gone, right? She's not in the picture anymore. Well, she he he's oh. technically still married to the crab rammer. Okay. And she's going to come up back in the story Uh-oh. again. 
right oh, now. No, you never want crab rammers. So the two of them were united when Oliver was able to bring her, bring her into his new band, the Creole Jazz Band. Louis and Lil quickly fell in love. They touched each other's keys and horn holes. And uh, yeah. so the problem was, was that Louis was still married to Daisy. Now, one mm. day, or crab rammer. <laughs> so one day, Louis, yes. Louis and Lil were playing in the Creole Jazz Band. And who should Louis see in the back of the crowd? None other than the old crabby vagina. Ooh. Complete with her razor and all. Jeez. That's not good. Yeah. That's scary as shit, yeah. actually. Yeah. So she's probably mean mugging yeah. from the back row. Like, yeah. So Louis, like, Louis was able to defuse the situation without Lil getting cut the fuck up. And eventually, Daisy went on a drinking bender in Chi Town, and Louis bailed her out and agreed that it was over. And they got divorced, and Louis was free to marry Lil, jumping right into another chick real quick. Great, yeah. You can't a- not hey. be married Woo-hoo. back then. Yeah. Always can't a good not. move. One relationship to another. Do not recover at all. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. So around the time of 1923, in the 20s, 20s, 20s. I gave you around the time, but then I gave you the exact date of 1923. Nice. It's weird how <laughs> you did that. Around so in the time of 1048 p.m. <laughs> August 2nd, 2020, around that time. Yeah, around the time of 1923, Joe Oliver took his band to get a recording done at the record label Gannett, which was down in Richmond, Indiana. Now, this was an interesting record label for a group of all black jazz men to record at because it was the unofficial label of the KKK. Oh, that's pretty awkward. (laughs) Uh Well, at least it wasn't the official one. That would have been yeah. even weirder on paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that yeah. would have been. <laughs> Yikes. Who are these uh, gentlemen that are playing in our studio? Indiana, <laughs> I forgot. That's where the <laughs> KKK started, right? Um, I don't know if that's where it's. I know the headquarters was it actually in Connecticut for a while. Really? In like the 20s. Yeah. Wow. Which is kind of surprising. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't like those. You yeah, know. They can't drive up there, so. All right, so Louie shows up to Indiana with his band, the David Duke All-Stars, or whatever the fuck they're called. So because they're recording at this, like, KKK headquarters, the Creole jazz band would record for a day. Um, and, of course, back then they were recording on wax cylinders. Yeah. Right? And they would hightail it out of town so they wouldn't get lynched. And Jeez. then come back the next day and record more tunes. Kind of a crazy recording schedule. Crazy. Right? You might get some kind of a anxi- it's like a Chinese fire anxiety drink. on wax. <laughs> yeah, right. Or like musical chairs, but if you fuck up, you die. It's terrible to have to yeah. deal with that shit. Like just like you can't even like fucking make a record without fearing your life. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it it's absolutely terrible. I totally agree with you. But there was plenty of record labels. Yeah, in why they just go to another like, one? I don't why know the, why, why they choose that place. Yeah, I don't know why Joe Oliver was like, let's go to fucking Indiana. It like, was cheaper. Probably, price, yeah. But like, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, back then, Jazz Records had the horrendous name of being called just Race Records. Oh, my yeah. God. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> I remember yep. that. That was, um, I think we covered that in the Sinatra episode. Yeah, just a race it, record. It was called, uh, yeah, race, race Records, and then Jazz was called Race Music. Yeah. So, but these race records were some of the highest selling records in the world. Everyone wanted to hear jazz. 
So while the record label Garnet might have been in bed with the clan, money is money. They're not going to say no to like one of their highest selling products. Ugh, I <laughs> hate how a racist's dollar spends just like everyone else's yeah, dollar. Yeah, I don't give you know a shit. I mean? They're yeah. fucking weenie it's so weird. cowards. Mm-hmm. True. So anyway, King Oliver's band is doing really well. And as I said, Louie is always second Oliver. And Lil, his new wife, was like, you're better than this. You got to get out from under Oliver. And Louie's like, I don't know. I really like to smoke weed and eat Chinese food, which was his favorite food. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's a good um, like a trout loaf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Lil wow. Lil wasn't having wow. it. She's like, dude, no, you, you're going to be like the best trumpet player in the world because you are. You're really good. So she sets Louie up with a job at the Floucher Henderson Orchestra in New York, and they were paying a whopping 55 bucks a week. Wow. And this is back in the 20s. That's, that's, that's dope. Killer. That's serious cash. Yeah. Yeah. So Louie's like, I guess I got and I gotta have to do that. So uh, Lil, I guess we're moving. I guess we're moving to New York, York, Lil. I guess we're going there. And she's like, No, I'm not going to that dumpster fire of a city. Uh, I'm staying in Chicago. Uh, So Louie goes and boards a train and heads to New York on his own. Well, there uh, she got him the job, and then didn't. uh, She was looking to bang someone else. Oh well, I think they both were, but you know. So Uh, Louie's timing. On going to NY was, oh, sorry, Louis' timing to going to New York in 1924 was impeccable because this was just when the Harlem Renaissance was kicking into full gear. Okay. Now, if you don't know what the Harlem Renaissance was, it was an explosion of black culture, music, and art that pretty much defined what it means to be in New York and exposed the world uh, to many black artists like Duke Ellington. An explosion. Yeah, like Duke Ellington, yeah. George Gershwin, Sinclair Lewis, Dorothy Parker, and of course, Louis Armstrong. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, Floucher Smack Henderson, as he was known, just Smack Henderson, uh, he, was the debra- he was a band okay. director unlike Louis had ever dealt with before. He was sophisticated, well-spoken, college-educated, uh, and just a complete prick. Because... You know, when you're like that, you're a prick. Well, yeah. Uh, college boys. Come on. Mm. Get at me. Um, now, Louis started playing at the Cotton Club, uh, which was, again, a real racist club. It was a white person-only yep. club that was in Harlem. Sounds racist. And the white, the white folks used to call Harlem the jungle and would just go up to Harlem. And it's <clears throat> interesting because a lot of black people lived in Harlem at the time, but there'd be white exclusive clubs in the jungle. Yeah. Ooh, See, ooh. I mean, <clears throat> just the fact that they can get away with that is kind of a dirty, dirty son of a bitch. Like, it's one thing to have like racial tensions, but it's another thing to go into someone else's territory and being like, "I'm renting this building. You can't come in. This is in yeah. your neighborhood, sir. Grow up." Yeah, that's pretty foul. So, uh, it was interesting because the Smack Henderson, his orchestra, played at none other than the Roseland Ballroom. Which I think is still open. Corona no, it's not. They it. shut it down in like 15, I think. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It was uh, structurally unsound. I've, I've been ah. there a couple times. Well, it had a long, it had a long run, but Louis Armstrong, yeah. that's where he kind of came into his own. But he was also playing other spots and signing contracts all willy-nilly. 
which is not something you want to do as a musician. Don't put your name on any paper. No. Yeah. yeah. Don't and also, do it. To be fair, uh, not to shit on this guy, because I don't have proof of this, but you say you can't read music. You probably can't read well. No, actually, surprisingly, Louis could read really well, and I actually didn't put this in the script. He bought himself a typewriter when he was in Chicago, and he had he wrote his own autobiography oh, without wow. a ghostwriter. Like there was no ghostwriter on it. He wrote it. Like I, and there was error there was errors in it, but like he wrote it. I mean, so, fucking I stand corrected. Louis. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of work. It's hard to do. When is he gonna do something bad again, or is this just gonna be not interesting? <laughs> you guys aren't. <laughs> when does he sacrifice a? You human? guys aren't having fun. No, it's just really hot. I am. I am having fun. If you notice, uh, listeners, if you notice the low energy on me and Mike. Uh, right now, it's like 95 degrees. I've mentioned yeah. it before. It's very hot down here. Pull your balls out I'm not already. doing that. We're cousins. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. cousins. This... That makes it less no, weird. It doesn't. You could be like Japanese people and like get in the same hot tub together, naked. But your family. We should wear robes. Just, we should wear just robes. face the opposite We're just not ways. Doing, uh, we don't have those resources, Mike. I'll bring we don't my have ro- a hot robe tub. next week. You guys are like... Uh, f- Wear it next week. That's fine. That's great. Do that. <laughs> Cody's like, just go to a hot tub. Like Japanese. Oh, hot tub outside that doesn't exist. No, I didn't say I didn't say anything about a hot tub. I just asked you to pull your balls out uh, and face away yeah. from each other, so it's not weird. Go back to back and then just pull your sacks uh, out. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have to be on right. camera. Uh, let's move along. Sorry, I'm just apologizing <laughs> yeah. to the listeners, really, because I no, I'm melting right okay, now. That's fine. And I, I'm, uh, so- I'm feeling. I'm trying to help you and Mike. Yes, and overall, this is a lot of fun talking about a cool man who who was a jazz jive man who smoked all the Harry Potter he could. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, nowadays, if you start signing shit randomly, you're going to have, like, debt issues. Some bank is going to come after all your money, whatever. Back then, if you start signing random shit, and this doesn't even apply to musicians... The mob's gonna come after you because the mob owned everything, including all the dance halls and all this yeah. shit. So Louis just signing contracts, breaking contracts, and these places are owned by the mob, um, which was something that would it's gonna kick him later. He's gonna be like, "Hey, guess what? Mm. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm. And I shouldn't have been an idiot." You gotta make that money somehow. Yeah. So Louis was also following in the wise words of Black Benny and fell into a vagina. Got himself a new New York girlfriend. Oh, nice. Fanny Cotton. Oh, how about that, Fanny? All right, you're making half of these names up. Fuck you. <laughs> I bet you are uh, English listeners. You're, you're just reaching it. Really yeah. 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 You're just reaching into like the Marvel reject superhero <laughs> bin. So Louis was Wait, in New York for. I, 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 I'm sorry. I was just saying uh, the, the our British listeners would love that. But Fanny Cotton, that's a tampon. <laughs> yeah, really? that's a Tampax. Well, yeah. Fanny Cotton. That's what that is. I'm really smart, even mm, when I'm hot. So, Louis was hanging out with Fanny. Eventually, Fanny moves to London. No, no, Fanny, don't go. She's like a she's a dancer. She's like a uh, dancer at the Cotton Club. I don't even know if Cotton's her last name because she worked like. at the Cotton Club and her name is Fanny Cotton, so probably not. Louis was very kind of tight-lipped about this one. Usually, okay. he was pretty open. He'd be like, yeah, bang that bitch. She was great. But, like, Fanny was kind of special. Oh, she was you know? uh, tugging out his heartstrings. Yeah. Um, yeah, those strings. So, yeah, his long, long heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> so, Louis, Louis was in New York for a little bit over a year when he gets another call from his wife, Lil. 
And okay. she's like, yo, you got to come back to Chicago. You know why? What happened? Got you a gig at the Dreamland, and they're going to pay you 75 bucks a week. Oh, shit. shit. Even fucking more money. This oh, is the oh, 20s. Hmm, hmm. And... They're going to bill you as Louis Armstrong, the world's greatest trumpet player. Well, how about that? That's fucking awesome. That's a dick sucking in the ass. So I looked it up while you were talking about some other stuff. Uh, The $55 he was getting in New York in 1925 money was $812. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot of money now, like per week, but the dollar went twice as far. Oh yeah, you buy yeah. a lot more. So your buying power is almost double. Your buying power is more equivalent to like fifteen to sixteen hundred bucks. And that wow. getting that a week, that's pretty good for most people. Especially yeah. when right. you have a much smaller population as well. Right. And also when he was living in New Orleans, like even when he was playing these jazz joints, like and mm. stuff like that, like in these honky tonks, he's making like a few dollars a week. So right. like keep that in yeah. Right. You know, now he's making seventy five dollars okay. a week as opposed to being in New Orleans playing at a whorehouse and making like three dollars a week. Mm. <laughs> Perspective yeah. achieved. Climb up the ladder you. of success. So he's like, Louis's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm the world's greatest trumpet player. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm not not sure if I'm cool with that. Take it and run. But he couldn't ignore the seventy five dollars a week, so he goes back to Chicago. Now, before he boards the train. Smack Henderson, the boys, threw him a going away party. They're out partying in Harlem, having a good old time. Louis gets smashed on gin. Yeah. This is also during Prohibition, so they're like... Not supposed to be doing it. Not supposed yeah. to be doing it, but everyone's doing it anyway. Fuck it, yeah, Louis right. smashed. He turns to Smack Henderson, who's wearing his, like... Remember, this is a dude, like, if he got, like, a, a hair on his suit, he'd pick it off. Oh, he's very particular. So he turns his... the, he, he turns to Louis, and he... Or Louis turns to Smack, he's like... Thank you for being so kind to me. And then throws up all over Smack's suit. Oh, no. All over his chest. <laughs> Oof. It happens. Nah. Let me show you. I've done it. The way my people You're show gratitude. Sometimes you drink too much. On a bouncer shoe. I've remember when you bouncer did, shoes. You remember when you did that uh, in Jake's shoes? Mm. That was funny. Yeah. And also that same one. That yeah, Year's? no, I puked in Jake's shoes. But you had also made curry on New Year's. Yeah, like and apparently really it guy. like burned it burned a hole in Justin's from heavy hole in Justin's carpet. Like wow. when he went to clean it, that's there was the a hole acid. in the that's carpet. That's not the curry, all right? We had a little bit of curry. Yeah, that's that's the st- curry. Well, much earlier exaggerating it. No, the the curry. It was the beige bowls. The, the, the curry probably. Oh, the beige bowls, champagne and Red Bull. How yep. can you go wrong? <laughs> it sounds marvelous. It's great. It's, it they just gives you heartburn. Good, but you'll fuck you. They'll fuck you sideways. Yeah. So back in Chicago, Louis' marriage starts to fall apart as he gets himself another girlfriend, Alpha Smith. Alpha. Well, she's an alpha. She's not. Well, so not are you telling me he's a beta? He's a beta. <laughs> well, he was because Alpha was uh, from a poor family. And although Louis would go on to marry her, he quickly realized that she was a gold digger and went straight oh, cuck with her. Mm. She's also a lot younger too. Like this oh, is like well, that's never a good sign. Yeah, nah, not a good one. Not a good look, Louie. No. Nope. So she also had a nasty habit of when she got angry at him, trying to sock him in the lips. Which, if you're a trumpet oh, player, that's his money maker. Yeah. Oh, don't do that. So dumb. Just dumb. 
That'd be like if you punched Mike in his cock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and his Johnny sins. But like she's not interested in her own self-preservation. Yeah, because she's trying to gold dig, and the one thing that brings in the gold is a man's lips. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Louis wow, cared a, a lot about his lips. Like he knew the importance. He had seen plenty of trumpet players either blow their lips out, like I mentioned, like people doing cutting competitions and like fucking blood coming out of their spit yeah. valve, or someone getting in a bar fight and like getting punched in the mouth, and like that was the end of their career. Yeah, you know. So mm-hmm. Louis like religiously used to put salve, good old fashioned, just random salve on his lips. <laughs> Nice. So Every if she day. Hit him, it wouldn't stick. Hot. Yeah, just slide right off. Right. All right. So he's got this girlfriend. The extremely awkward thing was that Louie and Lil, his wife, were still playing together and recording albums, some of the best jazz albums in a studio during the 20s under the band called The Hot Five. Oh, wow. So Louie's song, Heebie Jeebies, that he recorded with The Hot Five, hmm. became a sensation. And it was kind of like, I want to say the first Gangnam style, showing my age. Oh, cool. But, Love you know, that like that was a big song. Really? Wow. Like everyone loved Heebie Jeebies. And it was Sick. also the first song that introduced the world to scat. And many other people tried oh, to emulate scat, scat right? Mm. Including uh, Jeff Scatman Crothers or whatever his name is. Just Scatman Crothers. Yeah. That's yeah. it. If you said less, you've actually would have got it. Yeah. No, but like people like Bing Crosby and shit like that would like try to do scat and like everyone was like, oh, scat's a new fucking thing. And Louis Armstrong started it with heebie jeebies. Louis. (laughs) So Louis growing and growing. Uh, Him and a couple other cats try to open up a club called the Warwick Hall. uh, And they use some mob money to try to get this club to start. And it was none other. None other than the Capone Syndicate. We talk about oh. Capone a lot. We roasted that wow. boy. He's got dicks in everyone's pies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this club fails, and Louis gets in a little bit of hot water. He's just kind of building like knocks mm-hmm. against him with the mob, but he's somehow skating by. He's got that white guy that's connected. That's like, oh, all right. Like, I was insurance. Don't worry about Louis, right? Yeah, white man insurance. <laughs> yeah. Today yeah. it's. Stays Today, it's still white man insurance, but a black man with a beautiful voice sells it to you. Yeah, seal. Yeah. Uh, so Louis bounces around. He's constantly touring. He's playing back in New York uh, where he gets, again, he fucks over another big gangster, this Jewish guy named Dutch Schultz. Um, yeah. Charles Schultz's father. This <laughs> sure. was the inspiration yeah. for Peanuts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He faces some incredible racism down south. He actually noted that the racism started to get worse as the 20th, 20th century progressed. And I'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but Mm. I wanted to bring up this really funny incident that he had uh, funny and kind of tragic, but so he's down in Memphis and the Memphis police uh, arrested Louie and his band for basically driving around with his band manager's wife at the time who was white. This guy's name was uh, Johnny Collins, and he like sent his wife on tour with the band in the van or whatever. Illegal. Yeah, and they're like, you can't be driving around with a white woman. <laughs> it's fucked Fuck up. you. Fuck it. <laughs> so Johnny Collins was able to bail the band out, because again, he's a white dude. He just calls the judge up. He's like, let my guys oh. out. 
Yeah. Like that was my wife. Like I don't give a shit. Let like, my people shut up. go. Good luck. Uh, so he he also wanted um the band to play the next day at the Palace Theater in Memphis. So Louis goes on stage, mm-hmm. and the police were in the crowd. Like there, Louis had enough people now where like he needed a police presence to be around whenever he played. He's playing. He's like Arena Rock. This is like a yeah. fucking Bruce Springsteen style. You know. Nice, cool <laughs> reference. <laughs> I know, right? This is a Lizzo. Is that more? Uh, yeah, Liz- Lizzo at her shows, which that is, at really. her she shows. definitely needed um, not just a police presence, but the presence of uh, Nathan's hot dogs. The finest <laughs> hot dogs. Yes. It's good. So, fries. Louis goes up on stage, and unbeknownst to the, the band, his, you know, he's playing with a band behind him. He's like, I dedicate this song to the Memphis Police Department. And then he went on to play his famous song, and I think one of my favorites by Louis Armstrong, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. Ooh, I kind of want to hear this. I've never heard this before. <laughs> he can throw shade. Yeah, he plays this fucking thing in Memphis, Sick. and the police, you know, they're grilling him the entire time, and his bandmates are like, dude, we're going to get fucking lynched. Like, that was a, that was a real fucking thing back then. Mm. Like, you Looting fuck with the police fuck? down yeah. south, yeah, you're going to get fucking lynched. Yeah, some scary shit. They just take their uniforms off, and they're like, I'm not police anymore. Bye. Yeah, so these dumb idiot cops, they they come walking up to him after after they're done. They like a whole squad of them up to Louie. He's yeah. like Louie's like, "All right, it's my Excuse time me. to die, right?" And they're like, "Thank you, Mr. Uh, Armstrong. That was so nice of you to dedicate a song to us. No one's ever done that before." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are they idiots or was that counter shade? No, they're Those dumb. idiots. They okay, don't dude. understand counter shade. Dumb dumb cops are good. Yeah. No, I, that's a really cool song. You should listen, all listen to it. Can we like, do a little clip of it here, maybe? Boy, you know one thing? I shall be glad when you're dead. You ain't no good at all. You, you, you snooping around my house and laughing and grinning in my face and, and, and trying to bite me in the back of my wife, you dog, you. Now, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. Boy, I brought you into my home. You wouldn't leave my wife alone. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. Boy, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. I'll be tickled to death when you leave this earth, you dog. <laughs> I took you for my friend. The way you bit me in the back was a sin. You ain't no good, you rascal, you. Oh, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. I will be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. When you're laid six feet deep, no more fried chicken will you eat. Oh, you dog, you rascal, you. Okay, so in 1932, after getting some heat, after collecting all this heat with all these mobsters and like bailing on contracts, Louis decides to go on a Euro tour. He's like, I gotta get out of the US. Cool. I've been banned from half the places I played because I broke contracts. <laughs> so England at the time was all about jazz, and Louis was fairly well known in the jazz scene. Remember that? This is time of records. 
Um, that's he's like a the new thing. best trumpeteer in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's that. So people were really excited to see Louis, and at one of his first performances, a Brit comes up to him. He's like, "Yo, Satchmo, you can sure play." And Louis's like, "What the fuck did you just call me? Like Satchmo? That's not a word." Yeah, sounds like a Native American. Oh, so- Satchmo. Oh no, she's been playing up there. Good on you. Yeah, so in some fucking cockney, slack-jawed accent, Satchmo was a apparently the way they pronounced Satchel Mouth, which was his actual nickname. Yes. Right. So they were like, oh, Satchmo. And and Louie liked it, so he was like, all right, I'm just being called Satchmo. And he released <laughs> records wow. with the name Satchmo. And stuck. stuck. Oh, wow. Well. Mm. Um, I wish someone would call me something cool. Oh, because he put money in his yeah. mouth. So the French and the Scandinavians really <laughs> loved Louis. And there was a yeah. while where Louis was like, I'm not going to go back to the States. Why should I? I mean, over in Europe, like, I don't get called the N-word. And, like, like More no one's going to lynch me. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just better over there. For like, There was a lot of, like, black people that lived in... You know, you're less stress probably for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. But eventually he decides to come back to the U.S. He's like, you know, this is where I grew up. I'm coming back. Yeah. And he's pretty much blacklisted from all the big clubs by the mafia because he had broken all these contracts. They're not going to let him play in New York. They're not going to let him play in Chicago. Down south, he might get lynched. Wow. So Louis like, I need to get myself a white ass manager. So he hires uh, a manager. Uh, he actually, so he hires a manager. This guy managed him before he left for Europe. Um, but he's like, I need to hit this dude up again because he was good. He was also like a gangster scumbag. His name was Joe Glasser. Now, okay, Joe, like why is that yeah, familiar? Joe was pretty much a mob fixer. So he used to throw boxing matches and was just an overall shady dude. In fact, while Louis was away in Europe, he had been arrested for pedophilia and rape of a 14-year-old oh, girl. What? That's not That's cool. And he got away with it by marrying Oof. her. Somehow, oh my God. he just married the 14-year-old, and it was somehow okay to bang a 14-year-old. All right. All right. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> so, Ooh. and... Yeah. Him yet? Joe Glazer was forever in Epstein. He was constantly kid diddling. And Louie just cool. kind of turned a blind eye. He was just like, I don't know. Well, Louis. Guy's, guy's a piece of yeah, shit. Louis, come on. It's 2020. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about that. But anyway, uh, so he returns to the States. And at this point, Glazer is pretty much homeless because of these rape charges. He had paid a lot for lawyer fees. He had married his lady. He had to pay dowry or some shit back then. He had he married money. a sophomore in high school. So Louis's like, I need a white man. And he figured, what better way to get in the good graces of the mob than to hire a fellow scumbag? So he brings Glazer on as his manager. Nice. Now, uh, Glazer completely transformed Louis's career. And it wasn't to say that he cared about the music. He just cared about money. I mean, this dude's like spending all of his personal money that he, you know, he's taking a uh, cut out of Louis's shit, and he's spending it all on fucking fourteen-year-olds. Yeah. He's a piece of That's shit. Disgusting. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. 
So yeah. Louis was constantly touring, like an insane schedule, to the point a few times that Louis blew his lips out and he had to recover wow. for like many months. Because it was like, Jeez, you had to no. play here, you had to play there, you had to play there. I mean, I used to play brass and like, you had to let your lips recover. You're buzzing your fucking lips, dude. Yeah. I used to play the French horn. I want to play trumpet. Give him a or break. I want to play uh, trombone. It's a lot of blowing. Yeah, I, I, I played love bongos in school. With your lips. Yeah. Tom, violin. didn't you play clarinet? Yeah. Weren't you a little like clarinet boy? Yeah, I like Benny Goodman. I, I, I wanted to play clarinet, so by the time I hit fourth grade, they let me join the jazz band. Guess what? No jazz band. Because uh, we, don't, we, we don't have the uh. money to buy that sheet music. I mean, that was <laughs> the most jazzy instrument out there. Uh, apparently, Louie also played with Benny Goodman, and they hated each other. Everyone did. Everyone played with... I don't think oh. Benny Goodman was a good guy. I think Goodman might have been a uh, terrible nomenclature hmm. for him. Hmm. Yeah, ba Badman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Glasser got Louie involved in the Hollywood scene. And as someone like myself, I personally hate L.A., uh, so did Lil so did Louie. Uh, he was like, I don't like this place, but money's money, yeah. and uh, whatever. So mm -hmm. he was doing some Hollywood movies. And uh, I don't really want to mention any of that, because I fucking hate L.A. and Hollywood. So the only... Yeah, <laughs> the only he's one... Not really, he's not really known for that career anyway, so... Um, okay. I mean, there's a few famous roles he has, for sure, if you're like a... I'm, I'm a, not saying a you movie wouldn't path. have heard of him. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, the I one... knew he was in a couple things. I've never actually seen anything he's in. Uh, well, I mean, he was man. in Casablanca. Oh, right, right. Played against okay, I knew that one. But, yeah. Hmm. But he was in a bunch hmm. of different movies. But the one that I do want to mention is a uh, movie called Artists and Models uh, that he was in. And apparently this broke the national race code because some white chick, Louis playing Whoa. playing trumpet, and this white chick is, like, shaking her ass and, like, fucking oh, Louis with her eyes. Like, oh, yeah, he's so fucking hot. He's playing that trumpet. And anyway, the shitty South mm -hmm. is gets all fucking angry about this shit. And they're like, you oh, can't course. show a white woman liking a black man and shaking her buttocks. And yeah, they man. banned the film and just like, fuck the South, to be honest. Thank, thank God those people uh, didn't live in a time of Lexington Steel. <laughs> the reaction, the yeah, backlash, yeah, they just yeah. insane. It would have been murders on murders. What? They would have killed all the white women just to prevent them from having sex with long dicks. Yeah. I mean, Lexington Steel is the height of manhood. Besides yes, yes. maybe Johnny. Well, I feel like I feel like in this realm of porn stars, there's two Zeus's. It's Johnny Johnny Sins and Lexington Steel. They're standing on top and they're mm -hmm. shooting lightning bolts down on Earth. What about Kieran Lee? From Mount Olympus. Fuck Kieran yeah, Lee. Karen, yeah, he's dumb. He's a piece of like shit. <laughs> All right. So awkward. now Not you promised. I promised you that Louis had a gross habit that I was going to talk about. His yeah, weird, his weird conspiracy, his weird fucking secret. But it wasn't really a secret. Was he fiddling his wee wee all the time? Well, he liked to do that too. And who doesn't? <laughs> That's not really. A, it's not, that's not it's weird. It's not gross, Mike. Not yeah. weird enough, Mike. Louis was obsessed with laxatives. Oh, okay. He was Did all about laxatives, and I'm not just talking about like just taking them casually. He would talk about them. He would write about them. Uh, he used to walk around with little cellophane packets of them, and he'd get high with musicians, 
And like once they were like really stoned, he'd be like, yo, you ever take laxatives? Like hand them like a tiny baggie of laxatives. <laughs> like it's some kind of gateway <laughs> drug. Shit your brain's like, head. Get high and then Yeah. That's this. very bizarre. I'm into um it. so he he I did like this it. his entire life. So when Louis was a boy, his mom used to give him some old voodoo herbs. And like voodoo was a big thing in New Orleans. Um but she used to call it physics. Still is. And she had he, no idea what that m- word meant. <laughs> yeah. She'd give him yeah. these like dandelion like leaves and shit. And he'd shit and shit and shit. And the idea of physics um, was not just like some quirk with the Armstrong family. Apparently, it was like actually rooted in African, like African American culture because taking laxatives, a lot of times black families weren't given the best choices of meat. It was often very far past okay. expiration. So they would eat this meat gotcha. and then flush it out with a laxative. That's why didn't they just not eat it? I, I don't know. I mean, people, I like meat. <laughs> I like it too. Well, I, th- I think it's an economics thing. Like sometimes like the lower cut was only available yeah. for like black people. Hence why like chitlins and, you know, ham. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he didn't, he was passing. He's this dude's rich now. He doesn't need to be taking laxatives, but he was obsessed with it. He's a chunky ass boy. Like I said, he loved his fucking Chinese food. Um, and sometimes he got a little bit self-conscious. I'm a big boy. I'm like, hey, guess what? Do I have too much girth on my chunk? Oh, uh, let me just take some laxatives. And he took yeah, some unhealthy up. doses of laxatives. So oh. he started with a product called Pluto Water, which if you look at a <laughs> bottle of it, it's that. very like uh, a snake oil like salesman. Spring. Uh, you know? uh, Pluto, oil. Pluto Water. So, well, basically what Pluto water was, was a Poland spring with a fuck ton of salt water in it. Just regular tap water with like fuck tons of salt. Oh, the fuck would want that? Okay. So, well, Louis take it and he shit his brains out. Because if you drink like ocean water, you're going to poop for a long time. I think kidneys, that's what you shred with salt water. Yes, and we'll come back to the kidneys, by the way. Hell yeah. Uh, Don't worry about something. Why are you you hell yang organ damage, Uh, you fucko? So Uh, Louie then heard about a brand called Swiss Chris. Now, Swiss Chris. (laughs) That sounds like an exchange student. Wait. What? You just posted a picture of you fucking around with that. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. Don't worry about that, dog. Oh, no. (laughs) That's how was your week. It's on our Cody, that's how was your week. Oh my you fuck. Pooping? So, Swiss Chris was created by one of Hollywood's first health gurus, Gaylord Hauser, in 1922. I love that name. Ah, uh, all right. Is it a pill? Uh, it's a pill, but it could also be, it's also like a powder. Like, Louis okay. would take it in the powder form. You just scoop right. out like a teaspoon or two and eat it. I, um, but it also comes in a there pill. It is. So Louis okay. became the unofficial ambassador for it. He didn't get paid for any of his promotions, but he even did a photo shoot, a promo photo shoot of him Davis. taking a dump wow. on the toilet through a keyhole, and it says, Satchmo phrase, leave it all behind you. And he's just like pooping. He's like, Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Amazing <sighs> photo. The guy had, he was vibrating in his smile. And then as soon as you like, look down 
the body a little bit. You're like, oh, there's there's feces right. coming out, just <laughs> within three feet of that great smile. Well, he flushes him out real nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take oh, over, guy Cody. Yeah, that's that's that. So, uh, Swiss Chris is actually still on the market today. Uh, when I did a little research, I looked it up on YouTube and found a bunch of clips of Joey Diaz talking to Burt Kreischer and Joe Rogan about taking taking it. He's like, I'm not surprised at all. Oh, you're going to fucking poop out bubble gum from like seven years ago and like twigs and shit. Oh, I swear so to good. fucking God, Joe. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> Take this shit on oh my God. You'll, you'll be shitting up donuts from, from Burbank, New Jersey. <laughs> 1974, you go away. I know that sesame seed. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. So I, hate this. I decided to try uh, to take swiss chris i um, hate you day and you night as satchmo did uh and he also said if you take it with orange juice it dissolves your fat so i drank it with orange juice and swiss chris for about a week and Travis. if you want to see me fucking i shit Travis. my pants this week for patreon uh that will be well, up we, we can tell the orange juice thing didn't work yeah so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't how are, your, how are your bowels feel? Dude, oh I got to tell God. you, it actually oh kind of felt God. good. Like, it was like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm all kind of all about it right now. Like, you know when you have that poop after you drink and it, like, feels so nice? Yep. It was like that all the time, except for the fact that, like, whenever you eat, you have to rush to the bathroom. And the one thing I will say is that Louie did mention in his, like, memoirs that he'd go down south to these places and play, and he it was segregated bathrooms back then. Like, so right. you couldn't just run into a Walgreens and be like, I gotta take a shit. Like, you had to right. find a black bathroom. So oh, this dude God, is yeah. taking fucking Swiss Chris, and then, like, where do I fucking shit? Like, I don't know how he did it. The dude must have had duty in his pants all the time. He's read that before. I fucking took a shit in a bush before. You know? oh, took a shit in a bush before? Uh, yeah. Where'd you take it? Where, where's the shit? This is like Yacht Club by my house. And I couldn't make it home in time. And I like, I felt it like coming down my legs. <laughs> I just like shit between two bushes. Oh, this is horrible. What is our show? <laughs> well, uh, you know, talking about where like, like you have to clench your, like, your legs together. Yeah, yeah I've been no, there. I, I, I know I've been there, dude. I don't want you shitting yourself. I've usually made there, it to a bathroom. No, I couldn't. It was like no way I was making all that shit in my pants. I actually took uh, melatonin one time. Did I ever tell this story? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, uh, melatonin's like a uh, it's a sleep. Uh, I don't know. It just helps with sleep. It's all like herbal or something like that. Yeah. So of course it like kind of doesn't work. Um, but to me. I, I was like trying to, I was trying to call it an early night. I had a, a thing where I was like staying up too late, so I read the the little uh, canister and it's like put one scoop in, some warm water, dissolve. Like this is pussy shit. It's not even gonna work. I'm gonna put three scoops in this thing. Uh, total. Oh yeah, my it's, god. It, that was my first experience with a laxative. <laughs> uh, later in my research, I woke up. Yeah. I woke up probably like two. In the, I told my mom this story, so I'm very comfortable telling this. Um, I woke up at like one thirty. Uh, probably only had been in bed for forty five minutes, and I've never had my eyes shoot shoot open like that. My eyes, <laughs> they, I felt something, and a little like I don't know, maybe half a shot came out. Uh, but I was yeah. able to squeeze it between my butt cheeks. <laughs> so, 
Dude, so I didn't have to change my bed sheet. So then I was able go. to I was able to shimmy over to the bathroom, lost everything. Dude, everything laxatives, in one go. Laxatives are so weird because you fuck whatever you eat, it just comes straight out. But if you want to yeah. hear more about that shit, go to become a patron. Uh, this is how yeah, we, I don't want to steal your literally I'm gonna poop. watch this. Literally, we're selling shit on our fucking <laughs> Patreon. So awesome. All right. So another weird thing about Louie that I also share in common with him. Louie was a big fan of erotic films. He liked his porn. Oh. Uh, and I'm not talking about just like, you know, oh. Pornhub. There's no fucking Pornhub back then. He had Super 8s that he'd bring on tour and set up a projector and just sit there, smoke weed, watch porn, and just blast poop all cool. over the place. He had an iPhone back then. Yeah, no iPhones. Yeah, good point, yeah. Mike. Got to take it with you. Porn on the go. So we're going to start entering the kind of decline of Louis Armstrong. But before oh, no. I do that... <laughs> we're no, not there yet? No, we're this is there? a height, dude. dude. He's all about fucking pooping. Like, he hey, pooped jazz, his entire guy. career. I just chose to mention it now so people would listen and figure out. Guy's a serial So we're going to enter the slow progression downwards. Before I do that, I took a laxative called White Claw. But instead of out of your anus, it comes out of the front part, the snake. That's called a diuretic. No, it's called a front laxative. I need to pee. Ah! And I'll be back. All right, you guys ready to finish this bitch? Yes, please. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, yeah, so as time progresses, so does music. And the jazz that Louis uh, had been playing his entire life started to not be cool. And cool oh. was a word that oh. was invented by the next generation of jazz, bebop. Uh-huh. So not just like cowboy. Zoot suits and shit. Not just cowboy bebop. This is bebop, dog. Yeah, all right. I think the Zoot Suit era was After? like. No, it was before. Yeah. It was like with. That Louis was like Armstrong. swing. Uh, well, like, so jazz. Yeah, like, I didn't really mention swing in this, but swing and big band, yeah, yeah. yeah so like yeah. jazz kind of progressed in the swing, and Louis was able to make that transition really easily because like jazz and swing, kind of similar. Yeah, but bebop was something entirely different. So bebop was associated with the beat generation, Tom's favorite goof troop people. Oh, yeah, they're my favorite. I love them yes. very much. I think they're smart. So some famous uh, black beboppers were people like Charlie Park. Charlie Parker, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, and Miles Davis. You've heard of <laughs> yeah, at least Miles go. Davis, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I love Miles Davis. Yeah. So bebop was faster, more freeform, and more avant-garde than the fun time jazz. I mean, this was not music born out of the whorehouses, refined by dance halls, and full of those finger-shaking beats. This was art house. Try to nod your head to the non-existing beat and look cool. V different. V different. Yes. So think think yeah. of like hipster jazz that comes. Like there's like I want to listen Tiesto. Have a good time. Take a whole bunch of MDMA and do jazz. Yeah. But then there's like these guys are like, nah, dude. Like you need to listen to like low low roar. Like it's so fun. They like talk about killing themselves. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, explosions in the sky wow. and yeah. boards of Canada. Yeah. But jazz. So Louis hated bebop 
And Bebop hated Louie. They used to call him Uncle Tom because he could he could just, <laughs> you know, he had white folk that liked him. I don't know. Great. Um, Miles Davis had this to say about Louie and his fellow cats. And this is a long quote. I'm going to fuck up. <laughs> I hated the way they used to laugh and grin for audiences. I know why they did it. To make money and because they were entertainers as well as trumpet players. They had to feed their families. Plus, they liked acting the clown. And I didn't look at myself as an entertainer. I wasn't going to do it just so, so some non-playing racist white motherfucker could read, could write some nice things about me. All right, well, he sounds pretty pretentious mm. as well. Yeah, so Louis is making music that everyone wants to dance to. And Miles Davis was like, I'm trying to right. progress the art of trumpet. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to push yeah. the genre. Right. I could do more with horn than you can with horn. And Louis's like, I don't give a shit. Like, get drunk, get high, like, fucking have a good time. He's like a juggalo <laughs> of trumpets. Don't forget the laxative. Yeah, mm. poop. That, don't forget the juggalos, oh, laxatives. Yeah. Poop on trees. <laughs> this is like fun. Yeah, Chris yeah. is Fago. So anyway, pub, like Louis publicly denounced Bebop, and partially because he was kind of jealous, he was losing his chops in his old age. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and like jazz, like I said, was this party music, and its fans smoked weed, did coke, but Bebop, Bebop, its fans were all about heroin and kid, yeah, oh, and cool kids. kids. And the musicians were dying. I mean, Charlie Parker, who's a saxophonist, wow. he, great saxophonist. I like a lot of Charlie Parker stuff. He died in his mid-30s from an OD. Wow. That's young. And I mean, like, you think about the jazz people. They're like, yeah, I don't know, smoke weed, fucking do some blow. Hang out with cocaine Billy Martin over here. <laughs> He'll get you cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the fucking blow? Remember, jazz cigarettes were actually just joints. Yeah. Slang for joints. It was like a fun time. Yeah. It was the Roaring Twenties. Like, the Roaring Twenties was when Louie was big, right? And then the 50s happened, and there's, like, all this, like, and we're going to talk New about wave. this, too, like, McCarthyism and the Beat Generation. Everything got fucking shitty. So, yeah. as the mm -hmm. 50s and 60s marched on, Louie noted that race was becoming way more radical, and this was partially because of McCarthyism. And the birth of the modern Republican. Tom, you're going to hate this section. But, uh, uh oh. So he noticed that crowds in the South, when he used to go into the South, he would play a mixed crowd. And that basically meant that there was chicken wire dividing whatever audience he was playing for. And whites were on one side and blacks Ooh. were on the other side. And these yes. chicken wire. And these were like Republican McCarthyism things that weren't stated. What am I supposed to hate? I don't know. You're all about, like, don't bring politics into it. I'm like, Republicans are racists. <laughs> I have no problem calling out racists. Okay. I just don't like the isms being thrown around, like, higher and mighty shit. Yeah, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not pro-Republican or fucking pro-Democrat. I mean, they both suck. I think it's all kind of stupid. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you're right. Republicans have a history of, of in modern times, being much more racist. I'm not talking about the... Uh, Southern Democrat. So if you're going to bring that one up, shove it up your ass. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, he Louis would play these like literally segregated by physical chicken wire shows during the 50s wow. and 60s. 
And there, uh, during Pretty one fun. of his events, a white supremacist actually threw a stick of dynamite on stage while Louis was playing an event. Jeez. That's an escalation. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, no one was hurt. I don't know. Did it explode. I mean, white I white assume? supremacists are pretty dumb people. So, yeah, bad aim, yeah. bad aim. Yeah. It was yeah. just Hot a hot bread. dog with a few sticking out of it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Louis divorced Alpha and married another showgirl, uh, th- and they bought a house in none other than Corona, Queens. Oh, hey. that's not nice. <laughs> uh, Man, we've all well, been there yeah. before. So yeah, Louis right. never had kids, uh, or did he have kids? I don't know. That's a big question. Big question. Did he have kids he, he or did he not? Birth poops, apparently. So hey. apparently when he was on tour, he knocked up some chick and he was so excited that he phoned his new wife and was like, hey, lovely, we're going to have <laughs> Wait, a son. What? What? That's not how that works. Yeah. See, I was supposed to be there, she said. <laughs> yeah. So he explained the situation to his wife and he's like, dude. And she's like, dude, this bitch. Dude. This bitch is trying to get all of your money. Come home, please. You're dumb. <laughs> mm, good wife. What a, good yeah. wife. What a dummy. I love it. Man. So as Louis got older, his chops playing trumpet got worse and worse. And he started to sing more mm. and more. Um, so in 1963, Joe Glasser, who was still working Louis to death, he was still sending him out on consulate tours. I mean, the dude's like in his 60s now. And he's like, play, play, play. There's something to be said about Joe Glazer. He had a lot of black musicians, and he kind of treated them sort of like slaves. He was like, "Fucking play, you idiots." You mean, wait? Right. Do you mean the 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 pedal the pedophile was kind of rude to his clients? Yes, yes. rude. He was very rude. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Yeah, right. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, wow, I'm so surprised. So Glazer's like, you got to keep playing. You got to be playing. But he even notices. He's like, your your lips are starting to go, dude. You're old. We need to record some more mellow <laughs> shit. So Louis recorded Hello, Dolly, one of his most famous songs, um, which was actually a promo song for a new Broadway play of the same name opening up. So there was a Broadway play be- called Hello, Dolly opening up, and Louis did like the commercial for it, singing Hello, right. Dolly. Anyway, L- Louis hated this shit. He was like, fuck this noise. And he headed off to do a tour in Europe. And while he was away, the song blew the fuck up. It was huge. Oh. It was humongous. Interesting. Then Joe was like, you have to do more of these because I like money and I like to have have sex with children. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he was like, hey. All right, just for you, Joe. (laughs) So Louie's like, guess. Win one for the Gipper. Joe's like, guess what? You should record this song called What a Wonderful World. And then do a Disney album, and then a Christmas album. <laughs> so pretty much all of the famous oh. songs you know from Louis Armstrong were in his twilight years of his career, and he hated them. Oh, he hated all of them. You mean Wonderful World? Wonderful World. World too? He hated that song. He liked to play the dirty wow. fucking whorehouse jazz, but like that, That's he cool couldn't shit. play it anymore. His lips just couldn't do it anymore. He yeah. wow, yeah, <clears throat> washed up. It's all that mellow shit. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It is more fun singing about, like, I want to put two fists inside you. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. yeah. Take a shit mm-hmm. and watch me do a two, two, two. I'm a shit a skirt, <laughs> skirt steak out. I'm going to go Ow! and get a lobster. Dude, listen to, listen to, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should just, I, I have one more side left, but you should just listen to, I know you said 
You should put it in, Zwick, but like you should listen to I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. It's fucking it's right, well, like OG shit. It's fucking crazy. Alright, hold on. I'm gonna There's actually a Betty Boop. They they did a Betty Boop um version of it too. Which I didn't mention in the script, but um it's a great song. It's cool. I like it. I like yeah, it. it's yeah, fucking it was... cool, right? It's a great song. Like, I haven't yeah. listened to it all week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> all yeah, week. Start playing that one regularly. I gotta put that there on the Spotify yeah. rotation. Do you listen to the one by, in. like, it's the one with Jordan Johnson or whatever, where he's, like, talking? Because there are, like, two versions. There's one with him just playing it, and there's one with, like, Jordan Johnson. He's like, I'm gonna get my gun and fucking shoot you in the fucking head, you idiot. <laughs> no, I, I just listened to him. I, I only made it a few anyway, seconds Anyway, you in. should listen to it. It's a great song. Like, if you like Hank Williams, like, original Louis Armstrong is a lot Oh, like Hank, Hank Williams. Williams. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. It's a lot of white people, Tom roasted Travis. No, I know. Yeah. In fact, I'm the least racist on the uh, podcast. The only black person go. I've heard. Oh, right. No, that's not true, actually. I did Jimi Hendrix, but I was going to say, idiot, mean. He's not even a black person. He's just mean. Uh, so, anyway, would anyone like <laughs> me to ask me the question? Would you like me to? What? Is that English? Dude, it's so English. It's like Slavic English. Travis, how did this uh, titan of uh, art die? So, Louis had just turned 70 years old in the year 1970, right, or he might have been 71, or 69, we don't know, because... 69. So, Louis had just turned 69, and he started to have some kidney problems and heart f- problems. Oh. He was really shocked, because he's like, mm. dude, I smoke all this medicinal weed, and I flush my system out every day with laxatives. I'm the healthiest oh, no. dude ever. And his doctor's like, no, you're dumb. Uh, and you can't play trumpet <laughs> anymore because, like, that's not good for oh, your no. health. Oh. Wow. So he's just like, you don't don't even live anymore. Yeah, so dude. Louis's like, his doctor's like, you can't play trumpet. And Louis's like, I can't do this. I need to play trumpet. He starts sneaking. He starts playing some trumpet. He's like, he's living in Queens. Mm. Yeah. He's playing some trumpet. He's like, he does a few Uh-oh. shows. He does a Newport. Uh, Rhode Island Jazz Festival a few times, but he's mainly leaning towards the singing stuff. He's 70 years old. He's like, I don't need to play drum, but I'm just singing. Louis starts to get a little bit better, and he's like, fuck it. I'm going to start training in trumpet again. I'm going to play. This is my last huzzah, right? I'm going to start playing trumpet. So he plays a show at the Waldorf Astoria in New York, and a few Mm -hmm. days later, he has a massive heart attack in the middle of the night. And dies a few oh. weeks later on July 6, 1971. Oh, wow. Carthur's birthday. And that, he died doing what he loved. That is Louis Armstrong, a guy that I love. I want to hang out with Louis Armstrong. He has some weird yeah, shit. Yeah, he's like a cool guy, Travis. But, fuck. Well, he's fucking dead, so. You know, Mike, I think you would have been a good white guy for him. What do you mean? <laughs> I have no money. To bail him out. Well, I mean, you're charming. Yeah, but I have no money to bail him out. Yeah, we just call up. Hey, cop. I'm paying charm. My buddy out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what if shit, on, maybe a hundred years ago. Buy a beer later, cop, buddy. You don't need money when you're white back then. Well, shit. I don't know. Either way. Interesting. Interesting views. Yeah. Yes. Pooping. It's an interesting mm-hmm. guy. I like oh, yeah. feels good. The, shit. I like the fact that he pooped a lot. That was one of the one things I was like, this guy knows how life works. He just poops all the time. The empty feeling is great after yeah. your shit. The empty feeling. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and then Billy Fucking Corgan, weird. the most whitest man, like 
30 years later said it best the world is a vampire while he's on the toilet is empty inside yeah yeah that's music wow bingo all right well with that yeah with that we're we are wrapping this episode (laughs) i need to go upstairs boys it is that sweaty yeah we're dying over here so uh with no further ado that's Mm. it (laughs) thanks for listening to roast mortem go on to the patreon watch travis shit he's gonna open his asshole for you uh using a gopro I was about to help um, Trav. I was about to offer Travis editing assist on whatever video he was planning. I'm taking it back now. You edit. Yep. That. <laughs> There's a lot of me being really sweaty <laughs> in front of my toilet. Yes. I don't know what's happening. Well, congratulations on your new apartment and a new place to ruin. Are, I've already got my eviction <laughs> notice. Yeah, I've already got my eviction notice. Oh, <laughs> they're kicking really me out. Efficient. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm actually really glad for them. Uh, Cody. Um, there, Cody. Good chilling. Yep. Mike, as always, as usual. It's too fucking hot. Dang. Thank you, Mike. And everyone else, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Love you all. Bye bye.